Welcome to 8mm Dissection, folks. This is Petey in the studio with my buddy. The hamster. Uh-huh. And uh, Petey is uh, going you know, through a little bit of puberty at the moment. Yeah. Sucking dicks in the locker room is getting to him, so. Got that thrush. It's no good. Bad for you. All them dicks, I mean. Not the thrush. That just goes away. Well, thrush is not that good for you. Well, I mean. But it's also like whatever. It's like chicken pox. The Holocaust. Well, chicken pox can still fuck you up. So the Holocaust can't? What are you saying? Well, no. I, I wasn't talking about that. Fuck you. We're I here win. to do 13 ghosts. It's true. I made a joke that they didn't find funny, so. What? The joke. About what? The two Jews. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt it was a, a bit inaccurate calling that a fight. I thought it was. I thought it worked. But. So I'm going to sit closer because I'm not sitting right, correct? Is that the thing that I'm doing? No, you're doing fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I just wanted to bump mine a little bit more. Okay, I think you need to get a new swoon for that because it's a swing arm because it's getting a little crickety. Oh, no, they're just cheap in general. The ones I want, I can't afford. Yeah, a little more heavy duty. I'm sure it's unnecessary to get one that nice because these ones I get for like 15 bucks. Yeah. And the one I want is like a hundred bucks. Jesus. That's a huge difference. It's the same company that makes this microphone. Oh, so it's, it's made for that. It's heavy. It's versus sturdy. Like you know, a lamp or a magnifying glass versus really cheap butterfly nuts holding everything together. It's true. And janky ass springs. We can make a robot out of these. These could be good limbs. They would, they would make great little arms, huh? Or legs. I mean, or they're sp- not super articulate, but they're reasonable. To, to walk, they'd be I mean, be you fine. can still use this little clamp even as the shoulder, so you got, like, yeah, kind of rotational mobility that way, and then the bending Dude, the elbow. we're building robots. We're going to build a robot. A gen- Dude. We're building a Gensink robot who's going to dissect. We finally have something to mount the cock to. Just make legs there. So <laughs> <you> just whack, <laughs> whack, Oh shit! Oh my god! If only that's we amazing. had robotics skills. We're gonna have to take some trips to a hardware store and maybe a robotics class or three. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to actually run. We have to. I'm thinking it, more like a robot statue. I think we gotta make that. It's just a sculpture. Well, I mean, you can it's articulate still, it. So you, you could use it as a puppet of sorts, a giant metal puppet. We will get one of Jace's uh. Uh, lightsaber beams, and we'll put it in the dick. So when it turns on, it just bright out, boom, right through the urethra. We could paint all of it white. All right, stick with me, and then you could wear one of those all black suits, like they do in those plays and and whatnot for shadows, things that are yeah, yeah. To be and there. then you could just articulate it as a person operating a suit. A lot less learning involved. Less likely for anything to to go awry, and then you know your black suit. It's airy, the, and, and and the no lights or anything like that. You know, it's a, it's pronounced airy. Airy, yeah. Oh. It's not awry. It's airy. Oh well, it's, I'm just kidding. You're prevents right. things from going <laughs> airy, I guess. What's what? You being the guy in the suit. That oh my god. I'm just I'm just fucking with you right now. I hate you. Wow. Okay, dude, hit the drum. <laughs> if only there was a drum set in here. An acoustic drum set. <laughs> I lost the drumsticks for it. For really, you, can't you just use a pen? I mean, if you're an asshole, <laughs> sir, I need to buy three-inch drumsticks. 
<laughs> they're essentially pencils. Yeah, I don't want them to weigh much. Uh, yeah, exactly. You got any unsharpened number two pencils lying around? The erasers, rubber, it's perfect. It'll bounce right off. Won't do any damage to the heads. You so you can't put some goddamn like tape or anything over your own pen. You have to go buy unsharpened pencils from the music store to use for oh, your... I mean you can get the pencils from wherever they sell pencils, all right? Your local office, Max, Office Depot. You don't have one pencil here. Um, Petey, this is an emergency. No, nah, man, I got all pens and markers in this room. I don't think I have a single pencil in I here. I see a pencil. Boom. There might be a mechanical, mechanical one. Yeah, all right. It's still got an eraser on it. I guess that's valid, but it weighs a lot more. The Just plastic's heavier, isn't it? Well, maybe I'm wrong. I haven't even used a number two pencil in like 20 years. I don't know. Pens don't really weigh that. You only notice when a pen or pencil is heavy. Yeah. That's it. Like, it's only like the zebra pens. I feel like that's when you're like, this is a fancy pen. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, got some weight to this it. Is Feel nice. this thing. Yeah. Someone put some serious materials in this. is going to leave this. my mark on paper. Check <laughs> this out. I am broke. Wow. This, this check will bounce. Ink's really spotty. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> when the bearing won't go. Look at that. We got a number two pencil. We got ourselves a drumstick. Great. It's not even attached to a chicken. And a pen protruding from your back. What are you doing? Give me. Can I? I don't know why you just like took two steps and stopped. <laughs> Thanks for the pencil. Oh, it's even unsharpened. Nice. If it was sharpened, we'd have to it's, send it it's back. It's a perfect drum stick. stick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give this a shot. Give me the didn't. All right, Josh. I want you to tell your Jew joke, and then I'll bedum to you. Okay. So two Jews are fighting in a glass house, and that's the plot of this movie. Thank you. Nailed it, guys. We nailed it. See, now neither of these microphones are as sensitive as the other one that we used to use, so yep. that's not going to be nearly as loud. Oh, as well, like they got be. it. They'll figure it out. That was too slow. One more time. <laughs> Get the mic right in I there. Mean, it's showing up on there. Well, we'll see how that turns out. Sorry if that hurt any of your ears. <laughs> God damn it. This is great. We're off to a, a good start. We've already given you the end of the movie. Two Jews fighting in a glass, yeah, glass house. house. You can't forget that. Um, Boy, so, that seems like an insurance claim just waiting to happen, doesn't it? Right? Ugh. So I did. Wow. That's a lot better joke than I took than I gave it credit for initially. You son of a bitch. Let me tell you something. I don't know. I kind of want to, since there is a lot of characters and a lot of different people to talk about for this. Probably was, a good thing to start with. I, like, you know, I kind of wanted to run through this stuff and kind of go over. Does he do it up, son? All right. Do you have anything? Uh, I'll let you basically take this one. And I'll chime in. Uh, you can lead this section. Okay. Since, yeah, yeah. I didn't take any extra notes on this sort okay. of stuff, so um, I just kind of watched through it with you. Yeah, and then this will give your voice a little break, too. Since Thanks. Yeah. I went to an MMA fight two days ago, which is why my voice is shit. I got one of my old elementary buddies was fighting for a title, so I got a little rowdy, and as a result, here we are two days later, and I sound like a 12-year-old who's been smoking a lot of cigarettes. It's true. It's pretty hilarious. You you can hear it actually, so I don't I didn't have to put my input, but you well, know what? I mean, there's no one else to comment on it right now, so you you're, you're just kind of speaking for the people. Wait, I think someone's talking to me. You're, already. you're the voice of the people. Oh, are the phones lighting up? Are the f yeah, we got a call. Oh, the phones are lighting up. Nope. Never mind. D Never mind. Kay. Debt collectors. All right, hate them. 
Fucking A. I knew this equipment buying shit was going to bite me in the ass. Damn, they're calling you through the microphone. You used to call me through my microphone. Uh, All right. Here we go. Let's start with these characters, huh? Yeah, well, we should probably start with the movie we're doing. I I said it, actually. Did you? Yeah, quite a while ago. Uh, Well, fuck it. Let's refresh. The remake of of 13 Ghosts. Ghosts. Yes, it is a remake. We didn't know either until this time around watching it, and it's a movie we both watched since it came out in the early 2000s, 2002, I think. Something like that, yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah, this has been one of my longtime favorites, so to, to not realize even that it was a remake of a 1962 movie, right? 1960. 1960? I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, old-ass movie. It was a pretty interesting. Um, I do want to see the, uh, the no original. Idea. I'd just love because to see it. I, like, I almost like their idea... Better than what they did with the remake with the 3D glasses. Yeah, to make it like a it the actors can't see the ghost, only the audience with the 3D glasses can. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be interesting. Like if you're not worried, you have no idea what's going on, but you put those on, you can see. So it's basically take a modern day ghost story. So everything that you can't see, you could see if you put glasses on. So you could have an actor, a hidden actor kind of thing. You know. When I heard about that, I was blown away. I was like, why don't they do that for real? Right. Why don't they do that? I mean, and I don't just mean this movie. I mean, in general, like, why does this, how is this something that happened in the 1960s and we don't do anything this cool now? Right. Yeah. Like our movie experience is so bland. It's always the same shit. They just push out a lot of movies though. Like they have to rotate it. Like I was Mm -hmm. thinking during that, it'd be cool if there was a way to do more dynamic sound systems. Like, you know, based on where you set, like for theaters, especially Mm -hmm. say, for the movie, you know, sounds and stuff like if it's a scary movie and the actors walking, you know, f- you know, forward cameras behind them and they hear a noise off to their side. Mm-hmm. That's where the people that are sitting in that part of the theater are going to hear that stuff a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like I thought, but it wouldn't, it never worked. But I just thought it'd be a cool situation, like just because hearing stuff over speakers and surround sound is so much different than actually hearing them. In person, you know, like if you're in the dark alley or something like that and uh-huh. you hear something, you know exactly it's where it's coming from. It's not just coming at you from the big, like, for you know, the speakers in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's that specific. Not over there. You'll hear the echoes and you'll hear everything else. You ever uh, watch a movie with um, gaming headphones on? With yeah. surround sound gaming headphones? Yeah, you can hear the footsteps. It completely immerses you in the movie. Yeah. It's such a fucking cool experience for that alone, which... I think we're going to get back into some, at least for us, it'll be interesting and new with watching movies in a VR format. With that being right around the corner, I think that's going to be the next game changer in the right. movie industry Ugh. is is having VR experiences in, in film. That's the pioneers gonna be of it cool. already are the porn. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, porn's already working on it. They're, They're doing it, rather. Yeah. I mean, there's products that are out. They're instantly, they're like, we got this, boom. No more crappy little 2D ninjas going like this at you. <laughs> Check it out. Here you go. So that's the thing. But just a super cool thing that they did. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it's interesting. But and to I'd... simplify it, you know, I, it's, it's smart that they did it the way they did it. Yeah. And it would have been a big, I think it would have been a huge risk to do it, to try to do the same thing that they did in 2002. I actually found out this movie got almost awful, completely awful reviews. Oh, I I knew it was pretty poorly received when it came out. Uh, It's on, I think it's uh, Ebert's uh, list of like top 10 most hated films or something like that. Um, I don't get why. 
Let's see. Then, like, Rotten Tomatoes, it has, like, a 14%. Ouch. Yeah. The movie was not, like, they're, like, it's just because for a horror movie, they said that the plot wasn't there. Like, it had an okay plot, but the scares weren't there at all, which I there wasn't one point in this movie that I was scared, to be honest, but... I, I I liked it. I thought it was interesting enough. Me either, but that's because I'm watching it for the twenty something yeah. time, and I saw it first when I was like, what, two thousand and two? So I'd be like twelve years old at the time. I, yeah, I guess. So yeah, I, so I like I got all my scares out watching it the first time when I was still a little kid, and I I, I was still immersed in that imagination part of my yeah, life. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> so like, yeah, of course now I didn't get scared, but like the imagery is more than you expect from almost any other horror film. Yeah, no, like, I thought they I, did such a good fucking job. I definitely agree. I do like this movie a lot. I uh I did look into the Dark Zodiac stuff mm-hmm. a little bit more and they did change their Dark Zodiac to fit the movie a little bit yeah, better to fit the plot. Yeah, and they they just changed it for the film. I think everything's different, but I mean, I looked it up at the on the Dark uh Dark Zodiac after that and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty interesting, but mm-hmm. It's all new, but it's still cool nonetheless. I would say even with what CG they do use, it's never cheesy. No. Like, very, you can notice it, but it's never cheesy. It's not like, something super intense either. It's, right. It's subtle. It's, it's it's almost always super subtle stuff. I mean, the only obvious one is the machine. Yeah. Like, and then, like, some of the shifting uh, panels and stuff when they do some of the out of uh, the out exterior shots. Yeah. That's what I was going for. Started through that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, a. Uh, I liked it. It was a good movie still, but, um, I think to kick it off, I'm going to do things a little different cause there's a lot of characters, uh, in here. So I'm going to go through and list the characters, give you a little background on that, what you get out of it. And then we'll talk about the ghosts, just kind of break down. It's just, so, um, for the characters, the first person we'll see is, uh, his name is Cyrus Criticus. Criticos. Criticos. Sorry. I, um, yeah. How about we do the ghosts towards the end? Okay. Because, I, I mean, you don't run into them for quite a while. And I think for <clears throat> just the telling of the plot, of the, I mean, just going through it, it'll be better to kind of do it kind of more towards the point that the movie starts to be like, these are the 13 ghosts. Okay. I, you know, when they when uh, What's Her Nuts is with them. Yeah. And giving them the lowdown in the library. Like right around that time would probably be a better time to go through it because that's when everybody else is learning about it too, right? Fair enough. That works. Fair enough? Okay. All right, then we'll go with the main characters for sure, Characters. Though. Uh, basically, everybody that you're going to hear talk on the screen besides the background people that don't matter. Uh, we got Cyrus Criticos. Um, he's the uncle to the main character, Arthur. Um, he's a ghost collector, and he's kind of a dickhead. Like he's very wealthy, smart, and world uh, traveler type character. Yeah, he's um eccentric billionaire. Yeah, he's uh he's an asshole. That's fact though. Oh yes. Um, and then we got Dennis Rafkin, who is uh he's kind of an awkward. He's very skittish. He's a he's a a medium, a psychic. Uh, he helps him hunt these ghosts to uh to help Cyrus hunt these ghosts to collect them for whatever. He has very weird. Uh, personality though Mm -hmm. um quirky dude yep but you know being a psychic and seeing what he sees in the when the movie imagery it's you can figure out why he's kind of fucked up by it it's true um then we got uh kalina or orteza ortea i can't remember read her last name my handwriting kind of sucks 
But um, she's a she's one of the people that are aware of the ghosting going ons and stuff like that. She said she's in the spirit reclamation business. She's Miss Honey. She's a ghost activist. Yeah, is what she is. <laughs> um, then we got Arthur Criticos. Uh, he is the nephew to Cyrus. Um, and then he has two kids. He's the main character of the story. And yeah, we got Kathy Criticos. It's Arthur's daughter. She's a teenager, probably. I'm gonna say certainly doesn't look it. Nope, but I'm gonna assume they're going for the. Uh, I don't know, maybe 16 year old, because I. She doesn't have her own license or anything yet that they mention or even talk about her driving. Yeah, it's it's hard to get a good read but, on how old she is. Yeah, it doesn't. There's no need for it. Also, wouldn't fit the plot. But then we got Bobby. Um, I'm assuming he's supposed to be like 10, maybe. Yeah. I'd say right around there. Um, yeah, Arthur's son. Um, Who looks oddly Hispanic, considering yeah. the rest of the family. <laughs> it's true. It's it's very, very strange. Setup. The casting is probably, at least for the main family, some of the worst part of this movie for I, me. I like, I like, I like Tony Shalhoub, but mm-hmm. I just don't think his appearance is a good role for this, based on the family, now that we talk about it. Because when we started doing these, I started to look at movies a little differently. Yeah, I guess I start picking apart things, analyzing um, it a little bit more than just watching it. Yeah. Um, up next, we got uh, Maggie Bess. That's she's the nanny for Easily Arthur. my least favorite character in this entire movie. Yeah. She's uh, she just kind of has some one liners. She's not really she. I'm pretty sure if you took all of her lines through the whole movie, she has. Maybe two minutes of talking and they are almost exclusively like break the tension kind of thing. Yeah. Like she's just meant to be the funny one. Yeah. Some relief, but eh. um, we got uh, Ben Moss, who is the, uh, he's the attorney for Cyrus. Also kind of a dickhead. Um, and then Real douche canoe, that guy. Yeah. Butt chin motherfucker. <laughs> I uh, hate his face. I hated everything about his face but that whole he time. He's himself. such a smug bastard. He redeems himself at about the 45-minute mark. That's true. Um, the time for redemption is upon us. Um, and then, so, another part of this is, uh, I guess this person not being in this picture is a driving force for most of the plot to this movie would be uh, Gene Criticus, Criticos, which is... Uh, Arthur's deceased wife. Right. And the mother to the children, of course. So without her, you know, you'll find out as we talk about it in the movie. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of the main characters that you'll uh, hear referenced or talked about a lot or will be on the screen all the time. A good part of the movie. So yeah, I guess we'll skip the Zodiac. I have all my notes. So when we get to it, uh, we can bring it up a little bit more. And yeah, we'll we'll jump to it as soon as it just feels like yeah. a good time to start as getting to start it. As we start talking about the ghost, we could just flip back and I can. Or like for that matter, we could. I mean, we're gonna be going. They kind of run into them as they're yeah. coming out you of the just cells. Just do the info so, plug. Yeah, just kind of whenever someone first encounters them. Yeah, we'll just cover it then. So we'll start with the juggernaut. He's fuck yeah. All right. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. I'm the juggernaut. All right, Petey, take it away. For the junkyard. All right. 
we open up in a junkyard, a rather large junkyard at that. Cars stacked like six high. So I mean, you're basically going through a maze of cars that are just junked and have been in accidents or whatever. Uh, it's misty. It's dark. It's nighttime. It's shitty weather. Everything's wet, so it rained recently for sure. And uh, all of a sudden, you see this large tanker truck. Uh, and a couple of other vehicles, and they bust through the gate into this junkyard. And then uh, they come up to this area, and uh, just all these vehicles stop, uh, and a bunch of guys get out, and they're wearing these weird plastic suits, which I thought was probably one of the stranger parts of this movie. I was like, what? Why would? Why that choice? I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe they were thinking it was gonna be rainy. I mean, they're Got definitely raincoats, but like, why did they look like a fireman's jacket? but more like a stripper's fireman's jacket because it was see-through. Maybe it was because of what's in the tanker and they needed the reflective stripes on to see them still. That's a fair assessment. But also, I don't know. They could just wear it because they needed something to wear to make them look more of like a unit, like they've done this before. I guess it has its place. But maybe not. So yeah, they're they're wearing these almost duster-length plastic parkas. And uh, I don't know. Keeping them safe from germs and shit. Um, and then this jalopy rolls up. I was trying to rotate myself. Excuse me, touching your leg with that my foot. Weird. Uh, <laughs> this old school. I mean, jalopy. Not to say that it's a junker. It's a well-maintained. What probably nineteen forties. Okay. Well, no, let's just go with an even thirty-three. All right, nineteen thirty-three, jalopy ass vehicle. <laughs> <That's> even. <laughs> Why not? Um, and this uh, big Jewy bastard, one of the ones Josh was referring to before, gets out. Um, this is also when we meet, oh, fuck, Dennis. Dennis. I can never remember his last name. Uh, Frankfurter? No, it's... Uh, Finland? F- f- uh, Criticos? Rafkin. Rafkin. I knew there was an F in there somewhere, right? So close. You keep touching my, <laughs> yourself, me with you. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Um, so yeah, Dennis is in kind of a rough shape. His head's hurting. He's feeling it a little bit and he goes to pop some sort of uh, prescription medicine and, uh, Cyrus just ain't having that shit. Cyrus is this old Jewy bastard for uh, that point. Yep. fact, cause I didn't say that He's the first the time. Around. Hair. Yeah. <clears throat> Receding hairline, curly giant nose, nice beard. I mean, all the telltale, great with money, telltale signs. <laughs> You can see his gold hanging around his neck. <laughs> With his scarf. And he just knocks the pills out of Dennis. He's like, no! You know the rules. I need you clear-headed tonight. Uh, I just want to take the edge off, I think was his excuse. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever makes sense. Who's Matt? Why do I have the name Matt anywhere on here? Matt uh, Illard is the Oh, right. Name. No, the guy's real name. What am I... F- I'm so fucking stupid. Jeez, Petey. <sighs> All right. Wow. So he, uh, <laughs> Cyrus tells him to find us, uh, tell us where this ghost is because they know that it's in this junkyard somewhere. And Dennis's job is to point them directly to where it is so they can catch this motherfucker. Yep. And the way he does this is putting his hand to the ground all Indian style and, and like he can like read the area yeah, is like kind of what it was. But he can't control it. The shit just rushes into his head. Yep. He just, he's forced to see whatever there is to see. And he freaks out. He's like, 
you know, pissed off because essentially Cyrus just lied to him about what this guy was. And he's like, you said there was only nine victims. There's at least 40 bodies here, blah, 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 blah. So already you can tell the, the, the relationship these two have is anything but perfect. It's yeah. definitely stressed. Um, these two activists get caught shortly after that. And they kind of yell at Cyrus a little bit, but they're kind of uh, an insignificant matter for the most part. And they just kind of take them aside. Uh, you do end up finding out that this chick is a character, but it's it's later on in the movie that she ends up being relevant. For now, this couple's <clears throat> just those ghost activists we were talking about, and they just detain them. Yeah. Send them off to the side. How's your voice feeling, man? Oh, it's going to be a struggle the whole time. That's it's going to be in and out. Uh, but that's also why I turned my gain up so much higher, and I'm still <laughs> not really peaking or anything like that. Oh, jeez. So... I mean, at least Man. I know it's going to come through. I got good right. sound waves actually going go. on. That was all you can ask for, really. Because <laughs> that was so technical of me to say. It's good sound wave action. <laughs> it just sounded good in my head, I guess. All right. Um. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they take care of these activists, and then Cyrus is all, bring out the bait. It's true. And then Dennis loses Bait? What bait? We've never needed bait before. And this big old tanker truck comes, which, like, I don't know why it had to drive around a corner. It had driven up with the rest of the vehicles. Yeah. So I was like, what, did they just leave it behind all of a sudden? Yeah. That, Dramatic effect. Yeah. Maybe it was turning around. I mean, it was epic, but. Yeah. It's straight <laughs> up, this belongs in Metalocalypse, this truck does. Like, it's brutal. It reminded me of everything that I wanted Twisted Metal to be before they made Twisted Metal Black. Yeah. Which brutalized it a little bit better, but, you know. I always imagine this kind of awesome brutality with awesome vehicles. Anyway, so this big tanker truck starts rolling around the corner. And you see this red mist before you even see the truck. And, I mean, you you figure it out pretty quick. This truck is just spraying the area with blood. Yeah. it's Just it's showering this place. It's fucking sweet. <laughs> and, again, almost the whole movie's practical effects. So, I mean, the whole scene just looks cool. Yeah. The blood's way too thin. I mean... That's whatever, I guess. Yeah. I can forgive it. It's just the whole scene's so badass. You you don't even really think about it that much. It just you could tell that it's real thin. But I mean, how often does movie blood look that good anyway? Um. So yeah, they get the this bait or whatever is going, and then they start up this tape of some variety, like an old school giant form of a cassette. Yeah, it's uh, what are they? Uh, it's a, just a reel. There's two reels. Yeah, just sound reels. Yeah. Yep. And they get that shit pumping, and it's like these Latin incantation, uh, incantations. Yeah, that's the right word. Uh, that that's recorded from who knows when, and you find out a lot more about this later on. Um, so we'll just kind of skip yeah. gloss over it for the time being. But yeah, it's these this Latin whatever, and it's just being pumped over some speakers, and while this bait's being strewn about. Um, now the shit starts to get hairy. Take it's it from true. there. All right, um, you, so you, you kind of tell the tension's kind of building. Um, people are starting to get a little uncomfortable. They throw on these glasses, and uh, they don't really, you don't really explain or get explained what the glasses are at this point. Right, um, they just look like safety glasses yeah, with lights in them. Yep, which is essentially what they are, but I'll let you know now that those glasses let you see spirits. Um, they like If you're not wearing them, it's like the 3D glasses for the 1960 movies we were just talking mm-hmm. about. You can't they see just those. incorporated it into the movie. Yep. Um, so you hear like, yeah, Which, the wind starts blowing. As far as including that, I think that was a good way to do it. Yeah. 
I mean, it it doesn't have a flaw to it, in my opinion. No, that yeah. It's... To at least like kind of, cause that's a weird thing to change. That's a big element to change from the old school to the new school version. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. I think they did a pretty good thing with that. I, I want to see the the original now. Like, I really I really, want. but I want us to get the real deal. Like I want to yeah. be able to wear the glasses. It's true. Like that would be so fucking sweet. I bet that's probably hard to come by. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm gonna look into it. Research. After this. Yep. All right. Anyway. Um, okay. Niggas so, be getting uneasy, putting the glasses on. Weather's starting to kind of get shitty. Like the wind's kind of picking up, which, um, yeah. So builds you hear Cyrus. Yep, it's true. Wind builds character. Cyrus is telling him he's like, "All right, power up the cage or the cube." And it's this big glass cube that they set in the middle of their area, and it's got you know lights and all these power cables hooked up to it. And you see these letters scribbled on them. Um, but yeah, cars are falling down and, uh, literally people are panicking. Now one guy's like climbing up. Uh, well, one guy gets ripped apart, just literally just ripped apart. Yep. Um, and then <sighs> the juggernaut's such a badass. He is, um, uh, another guy starts panicking. He's climbing up on these cars and, uh, he stops all of a sudden and he just classic pulled in by the waist and he bent backwards in half. He's dead. Not coming out of that Sucked one. into the, what appeared to be the front of the vehicle. Yeah. It, it like, but his belly button started it. Yeah. It, belly button first. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go That's that good way. good for the spine. Yeah. No, it's rough. Um, so that's, how the that's happening. And then, you know, more cars are falling and these guys are freaking out. Like they've all kind of gotten together now and they're looking and you, then you see him. That's when you finally see him, like, just flashes of him, this big, hulking, monster, like, dude. He's, like, he looks like he's nine feet tall. Just big fucking chin. Big square chin, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very standout yeah. feature on him. Uh, he's all gray. His clothes are torn up. He's got uh, bullet giant, holes yeah, everywhere. Wounds everywhere. Uh, he's just marching. And Which, they're shotgun wounds, aren't they? They're, they're, they're just all sorts of rounds. He was shot over 50 times. Um, so, let's see. All these guys are kind of backing up now. They did a really bad job of running away from this man. Like, Horrible worst group of like nine dudes cannot run away from this guy over a span of 10 feet. So, um, he's walking and he's like picking people up and throwing them and like just one handed motherfucker is like 15 feet in the air. Right. Just whack. And they're screaming. And then this one guy ends up falling into the cube. Um, like he's running, looking behind him and somehow manages to run straight into this like cell looking thing. What what I'm guessing is there was supposed to be a back door and that's how they were trapping the ghost. They'd have those guys run through to get oh, chased to get him to fall. Yeah. And then the, the doors would shut. I mean, that's a fair way to, to explain it. It just looks so yeah. ridiculous. It's like what? How? Yeah. But, First off, the dude should have known it was there. Like he's a part of the operation. And then to, like, manage to run into the thing, trip, fall into it, and then, ugh. Yeah. So he gets locked in this box. And uh, he sees the juggernaut just mean mugging him as he's walking in. And then the glass door shuts. And he's like, no, let me out, let me out. Uh, uh, Dennis runs up. and He's like, hey, get out. uh, Let him out. And, no, it's the juggernaut's picking this dude up inside the box and just beating him to a pulp. All over the glass, like just, just ragged on him. him. Oh, dude, it's epic. The um, entire inside of the cell sprayed with blood, just as oh, much yeah. as the outside is now. Um, 
So then, like, the juggernaut's caught. Um... <laughs> Excuse you. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, so the juggernaut's caught. Things are calming down a little bit. They're, uh, Dennis is, that dog is annoying. Yeah. Um, He'll shut up after, like, three to five minutes. Dennis is walking. quiet enough that he won't show up on the mics, at least. Yeah. Um, Dennis is kind of having, he's, like, just talking, and he's like, hey, Cyrus, I can't remember his smart, uh, snot, uh, Blech. smart remarks that he makes but you know he's giving him shit and you hear a girl a lady crying um and you will look over the camera shows over it's uh kalina kalina and what's his I don't, name i never got the other guy's name david maybe i think another so. jew name damon damon you're damon. right it's damon um matt damon um oh. so yeah he looks over he, he's dead it looks like his throat slit to be honest, it looks like it's thrown. Yeah, it's yeah, it does. Um, and she's like, Aah! and then well, and it looks like that later on in the movie too. So yeah, no, then Cyrus like every is time they reference slit. it, like Damon's throat is slit. No, no, both of them. Yeah, they, they both have like yeah, because Damon was like he got hit by uh, like a car door or some shit, wasn't it? Like he was pinned down by a car door. No, that was Cyrus. Oh, that, that was Cyrus. Like, okay, I have him backwards like, then. Yeah, Damon is just laying there. Um, and after watching the movie and everything and this last time i watched it things started standing out where i just don't know how i didn't see it it makes so much sense everything um lay it on me fatty you want to hear it yeah okay when the reason damon there and uh the activist we're, if we're scoring these at the end we should all have the same information all right so well i mean it's it kind of goes with the plot a little bit here so that's why i have it do you want me i'll tell it no yeah. it's Dude, the whole this whole show is yeah, a spoiler. That's true. Okay, so later <laughs> on in the movie, you learn that uh, uh, where Cyrus is and uh, Kalina are, Damon is dead, but it's only those three over there. There was a lot of confusion and panic, so Cyrus clearly had the he had a fake neck injury because he's not dead. Yeah. So that she put it on him, helped him dress that up, because she's in cahoots with him, absolutely loves him, you know. It's right. Just like, Ooh, and she dog. sliced Damon's throat because she wa- they needed his materials and resources. So she got him there. And just him out of the picture in yep. general. And, yeah, now they needed him out of the picture. She killed him, and while everyone was, wasn't paying attention and capturing him, they set it up. So they set it up, and that's why those three were the only ones so close together. Like, those two are those three died so close together. When Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way of thinking about it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so that's... That's uh, that was one of the things. Like that whole scene started to stand out to me a little bit more. Yeah, I I didn't think about that at all, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I didn't think about it till literally this the other day when I watched it to take my notes. So, all right on. So yeah, um, let's see. So that's pretty much the end of the scene. You think everyone's dead, um, except for Kalina and Dennis, and the Juggernaut who's dead, but he's in his cube. Right. Um. So that's the end of that scene, and now I guess I'll introduce the Juggernaut officially. Give his little background. Hell yeah! All right, uh, the Juggernaut is the dark zodiac symbol, and the man who is the Juggernaut is known as Horus. The uh, Horus Break Mahoney. Um, 
So he's a uh, he's a very tall gentleman. Even at birth, he was a giant. Um, his mother abandoned him, and he ended up working with his dad at the junkyard that they owned. Um, and they, he just kept growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, shortly or after a certain point in his life, his dad died, and he started to get like he didn't have anyone to control him anymore. So he would start, you know, grabbing uh, motorists and uh, he, what else was it? Hitchhikers and stranded motorists take him to their uh, to his junkyard, and he would literally just break all their bones one by one with his bare hands. He would dismember them. He'd tear them apart, always with his bare hands. Um, and then he would just dismember them and feed them to his the junkyard dogs. And then eventually, the cops were called. Brutals. Yeah, cops were called on him because he set up he an undercover female cop was there. He tried to get her. All these officers. I think it was. 12 officers were there and like um I think it was something like that they they shot over 50 rounds into him but like six officers died trying to take him down they shot over 50 rounds into him and then when he's laying on the ground they put a couple extra clips into him just to be sure <laughs> so that's that's the juggernaut I don't think that was I don't, <laughs> I don't think that was necessary uh, it was pretty well timed I think oh oh Let's see. All right. So. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Okay. So that's the juggernaut. Now we're at the credits. Uh, we get the opening credits here, um, which while not in every movie is it relevant in this movie, uh, it gives you actual information during this. So as the credits are playing through, you are panning around a room in a house. And it starts out where everything's like you're hearing voices of the family. There's some like light music playing in the background. And like the names, of course, are scrolling across the screen. But it's it's constantly doing this sort of Panavision thing yeah. where it's going all the way around the room really slowly. And by the time you get to the 360, things have changed sort of thing. So you start out. Everything's happy. You're hearing the family talking. And then about 50 percent of the yard. way through. Um, yeah, cause they pan by a window. You see the kids playing out in the yard and shit. Um, and then you start to hear some crackling going on. I mean, unmistakably fire. Yeah. And, uh, then things slowly get worse. The house starts to look like, I mean, it's showing that it's on yeah. fire and, and the dialogue is going on. And eventually you come to find out that the mom died in the fire. Yep. Um, yeah, with this, it starts out super cheesy and happy. Like, it shows it's the two, the Kathy and Bobby playing in the yard. Um, and then it's panning over, and you see a lady cutting flowers, and then Tony Shalhoub's right, like, right in the window sitting. Because he's reading with his chair in the window, talking to his wife, who's trimming the flowers, and watching their kids out in the yard. Um, and the dialogue, it's super cheesy. Lots of I love yous and stuff like that. Um what they're doing is they're they're trying to rush like in a matter of maybe a minute. They're trying to put um, a lifetime of a family into one quick snippet to kind of build that scenario. And I think this was a really cool setup, though. That, for, I agree. That was a really um, good way to convey this information. Like right after the camera passes, Tony, you see this. Uh, what's it? What is it? Um, a picture frame of his wife sitting there, and then as it's you know going. The I love you's and stuff kind of get more rushed, trying to fit more, and then all of a sudden you just hear, you know, like what Petey was saying, is the fire kind of crackling, then the smoke alarms, you hear them, and uh, like, what's that? What's that? It's the smoke alarms. Get out! Get out! 
and uh, lots of screaming, and then he, you know, it pans back around, empty chair, and it shows the picture frame still sitting in the office. It's burnt. Um, it's a lot of sorrow, and then the thing kind of goes up. The camera looks up onto the wall, sees all these past due uh, bills, you know, on the board. Um, there's some all these post-it notes everywhere, you know, reminding him to do things. So. I mean, that's kind of it for that. Detail, like son. Detail. I took some better some better notes. Well, and you just, it, well, you're not even necessarily reading the notes. Your memory in, in general here is just a lot better. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. So, mom's dead. Great. Uh, so the mom, not the mom. What am I saying? The family. <laughs> so mom's dead. That's cool. <laughs> Fucking great. Um, that why you went up and got a chair? Yeah, I wanted that to be right there so that I could use it when I needed to use it. Not that that was loud enough to even really show up on either of Let's these mics. Let's just mic that. You know, I thought about it, but I didn't want to do it because I thought it would be ridiculous. Or mic the drum set. Well, I can direct line the drum yeah. set, but I'm not going to sit at the drum set and podcast. That's you ridiculous. You can't pull that over. Just go. You need three pieces. You literally swing it over. I mean, it would have that's been... a lot of effort for for for. Didn't even register. Are you kidding me? It's those three giant thin spikes that are, you know, these thin spikes. Right there. No, you're the bottom. It's those. Mic. You're the bottom, Mike. Check, check, check. Do you see those? Check. Do you see check. that? Do you see check. that? Check. I hate you. <laughs> wow. Look who's is peeking. Yours, piece of shit. I peeked. See, so watch. <laughs> I hate your face. I hate your fucking face. <laughs> oh my god, damn it. So now we're with the goddamn family. They have a shitty little apartment. They got some helper lady. That's Maggie. Sassy black girl. The breakfast time. <sighs> Are you okay? No. Th- going er didn't help my voice at all. It's going to hurt. <sighs> Fuck you. All right. So now we're seeing that the family is living in a very small apartment. Part. Oh my God! This is embarrassing at this point. So they're living in a small apartment after having had their house burned down, and they're in all sorts of financial issues. Who knows? Maybe they didn't have fire insurance. Probably didn't. What kind of Jew are you? That's my question. So the now Jew they're in this two tiny kids and a black nanny. Yeah, I mean, I think if you just fire the nanny, you could probably save some cash. A lot of it. And yeah, the do- make the those daughter. bills caught up. Make the daughter pay, take care of the kid. They're Look, both old enough to the, work. The youngest is 10. I was able to cook my own meals by 10. Sure, it wasn't like a filet mignon, but... Can you still cook that? Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as like... Bl- what, a filet? Yeah. No, I, I only cook like the most basic possible shit ever. Yeah. You know, I can make ramen noodles or like... Uh, other noodles. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty much anything that's prepackaged is just like, you know, measure out this much milk, this much butter, heat this up, now add the noodles, stir this, simmer this, let it stand. I got it. I got it. I can figure out mac and cheese, you know, can brown some hamburger, make some hamburger helper action, a little stroganoff, you know, whatever you got. True. Tuna tetrazzini, love that shit. 
Uh, I recently learned how to scramble eggs. That's great. Really? That makes for an easy breakfast. Are you kidding me? You just learned how to scramble eggs. It's a little embarrassing being 24 years old and having just learned how to scramble eggs about, I don't know, a month ago. (laughs) But hey, at least now (laughs) I know how to scramble eggs. Point in all this. What the fuck? Is this young man could definitely handle not needing a nanny. And if this other girl's at least 16, and let's be honest, it what's her name? Why am I? Shannon Something. Elizabeth. Um, we all know who Shannon Elizabeth is. I hope if you fucking don't, go suck some cocks. Because that means you haven't seen either American Pie or Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And that means you're a piece of garbage. True. Just garbage. Get uh, out. We don't want you. Go back to Muslim. If If you don't have those movies in Latvia, I forgive you. It's true. That said, we are in 2016. You probably have the internet as you're listening to this. You can pirate that shit. It's true. Get it. It's true. Start with American Pie because you get to start with her tits then. Yeah. But she's still lovely in Jane's Not About Strike Back. And point being, Shannon Elizabeth does not look like anything under 23. Nope. At least in this movie. Nope, or anything I've ever seen her too. in that I can think of. Yeah. Because this is right around the... This is before American, American Pie. American Pie was not before this. It, or Excuse me, was before this. Was it? I'm, I'm pretty sure that American like Pie was before I just ate an orange. It sound, it smelled, I literally smelled it myself, and it was citrusy as fuck, That's despite the Mojito that I'm drinking. God damn, a lot of burp in that sentence. Okay, so, yeah, it doesn't need <laughs> a nanny. Are you good? I looked over and was like, something's missing. And then I realized it was the drum set that's sitting to my right. You fucking... <laughs> so okay. anyway, they're broke as fuck and they should just get rid of Maggie. That was my point and all that. Because Shan Elizabeth can take care... Kathy, excuse me, can take care of all the shit that Miss Maggie's doing. That's true. She can't That was even my cook. point and all that. She can't even cook. So they're having this little, this little family, uh, what would you say, banter... Or a back just, and forth. Or yeah, they're just chit-chatting j- for a little chat, bit. Then chit-chat, they start jib-jabbing. Um, and then, yeah, so <laughs> the younger brother calls his sister a slut. And dad laughs. And Maggie starts to explain what a slut is. And then dad stops her from explaining what a slut is. Yeah. And then he, at that moment, he's walking around the kitchen table, trips over the young man's scooter spills coffee all over his fucking shirt in, in three different, different ways, ways despite oh. it all happening all, at one time yep it's funny that's spoof number one good yeah. job on that Pete. spoof I caught it. yeah it's a spoof a sp- that's not a spoof it's fine a spiff s- all right i'll uh, take that one an oops because i, I can't think go. of anything oops. else that a spiff is like we could call that a spiff that we could make that a thing let's call it a no no that's it like, you just decided that, that from now on, when there's a fuck-up in a movie, it's called a spiff. Okay. You don't have to yell. I'm not. I'm just making my point as best I can, considering Fair. the lack of voice I have. And I have to talk aggressively, I can- otherwise it starts to come out really shitty. Well, that's because your just voice sounds like shit right now. Well, I know, but... If I talk quiet, this is yeah. how ridiculous it sounds. Okay, good, though. I'm, so I it's easier if I start yelling at you. Wow. <laughs> it just sounds better. Granted, tomorrow it's going to mean that I'm going to be in even worse condition. 
true. But that's how much I love you people out there listening to this. I'm willing to worsen my vocal situation for you. You heard that tap. For you. Because I love you. That's why I kiss you at the end of every episode. There it is. You got that one in the middle. You are spoiled. <laughs> love this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, back to this movie. So yeah, no, he spills on himself and then like, so sure he's wearing the same shirt every time, but like the spill pattern on the shirt looks different at least four times. Yeah, it's pretty bad. At least four times. And it's, Nicole pointed out to me, but like as soon as she pointed out, I was like, that's so fucking obvious. How did I not see that any of the other 16 fucking times I've seen this, even though I referenced it as 20 before? So what is it? What? I, I honestly couldn't possibly know. Wow. I've been watching this movie on and off since 2002. I've <laughs> I can literally always remember owning a copy of this movie since I first saw it. <laughs> That's three copies ago, but I've always <laughs> owned a copy of this movie. <laughs> Jesus. Um. But yeah, the fucking... It changes on his shirt a bunch of times, but then... He's yelling, ah, pick your shit up, and then there's a knock on the door. Or was it not why he was moving that direction in the first no, he place? No, because he, he was going to sit down for breakfast. Okay, right. So um, then the knock happens after the spill, and he goes and answers the door, and then it changes again. Yep. And it's uh, Arthur, Crit- Arthur uh, Cyrus Criticos' lawyer. Yep. Coming to tell them a little bit of something-something. Ben but, Moss. Thank you. He's a short-lived character, yep. as is kind of insinuated by what Josh said before. Um, so yeah, I never even really caught his name. I don't pay attention to names very well in movies in general, to be fair. But Chin. Uh, so he comes in and everybody's like, oh my God, I I wonder what's going on. No, I think we have all of our debt situation figured out or our credit score or whatever. We're good. We're good on that. Everything should be good. Um, and as it turns out, they're informing him for one that Cyrus is dead. Um, which Arthur has only met him really like once or twice before then, as he describes, he's like, ah, I never really knew much about him. And then, <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the movie is right here. <laughs> he goes, oh yeah, he, uh, squandered the family fortune. And then Shannon Elizabeth goes, we have a family fortune. And he just goes, well, no, we had one, but he squandered it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> put that dumb bitch in her place. Ask a stupid fucking question like that after he just said the fortune was squandered. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. Uh, no, <laughs> Never sh- before until this watch, but I laughed my ass off at it. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Just put her in her place. I showed you the condescending picture I have, right? The Twitter thing. Like, I don't think so. Conversation between a husband and wife, like in a. Like, I just feel like you're always talking down to me. He's like, it's called condescending, Linda, but you wouldn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the layers of irony. Yeah, it was pretty How good. wonderful. It was lovely. Thank you. I'm glad you See, muted look, my, it works just my fine symbol. With the pen. It's not the same. It's not the same uh, chutzpah. As, as we like to say on the show now. Wait, oh, now we're Jewish. Well, I mean, you started chutzpah about two episodes ago, and it's been did in my I? head literally ever since. Did I say chutzpah? <laughs> yeah, you did. You said the word chutzpah, and then we repeated chutzpah a few times, and it's stuck in my head ever fucking since. I don't even know what that word means, to be honest. Chutzpah. I think I learned it from Rugrats. Um, It's like, uh, you know, to give it a little extra chutzpah, to like put some more effort in. Yeah, is it a, is it a real word? 
I don't know if it's a real word or if it's just an expression. Specific, but I've heard I've, I've heard it in movies and stuff before. Like once since you like mentioned it to me, I've even heard it in something. I can't. Remember. Oh no, it was a uh, um, new girl, cause fucking Schmidt is super Jewy in a lot of ways, and he used the word chutzpah. Okay. So yeah, I mean it's just been stuck ever since. So that's the new show word. Every, here we go. Drinking game. If you're not at work, you're at home enjoying this podcast. Every time we say the word chutzpah in any episode, take a drink. Also spiff. Or a spiff. Or a... Spiff is a shot. Spiff is a shot because that's a... Ooh. I am sorry for when we watch Birdemic. That's going to be a drunk fest. Anything sci-fi is going to be an awful time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think we should maybe warn ahead of time if we're going to actually move forward with the drinking game on this. Not that anyone's actually going to drink to us ever. Yeah. But if they were to, then we should maybe put like a, a bit of a, a disclaimer out there for movies like, I don't know, Human Centipede or also, Birdemic <laughs> or The Room. To start you know? this movie, just take a fifth and chug it. We'll call you good for 50% of the movie. All right? <laughs> Fair? Works. Also... It's like going. It's like claiming bankruptcy. It gets you out of a real shitty situation, but you're gonna have a rough little while now. Yeah, like seven years. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, yeah. Back to the film. Um. So wasting all my good voice time on yeah. On the movie's almost, The movie's getting close to being over. And the movie have, is literally two thirds of the way through, almost, and we're not even halfway. No, we're we're twelve <laughs> minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's start picking up the pace. Okay, so the lawyer is uh, sitting down in the kitchen, and they're talking. And this always happens, by the way. Oh, yeah. We're always struggling by, like, 15 minutes into the movie. We're, like, a half hour into the show to, like, 45 minutes, and then we're like, okay. And then we usually start moving on in a nice clip. Then we get back closer. Okay, don't explain it. You know what happens. You You get the fucking point. You listen every week. If you don't, tell somebody else to. We're going to run kind of rapid fire through a couple scenes here because there's not a lot happening. We'll give you key details. Exact. So, point. Um, boom. Toads, paws, breath. That's another phrase. Drink Pony, on that one. Pony toes. Um. <laughs> Pony toes, he says. I don't know. I thought we were just saying things. <laughs> uh, so, sea porcupine. Okay. That's a real thing. No, it's an urchin. Go. But, it, okay. Um, so the lawyer kind of set him down. He's like, eh, so Cyrus made this about six months ago. Blah, 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 blah. It's a video. It's his, like his last will in a video. He plays it, and it's very conversation-like. Kind of weird. Cyrus is sitting there. To stop the rapid fire real quick, uh, <laughs> I did find it a little bit odd that he was like, yeah, I made this just a couple of months ago. I was like, well, wouldn't you take that as he was expecting to die soon? Right. Well, I mean, he was 67, so... I mean, yeah, but he seems pretty healthy. He was a world traveler, but I mean, yeah. who knows? Maybe he was cl- Mr. Deed style. You know, maybe he was trying to climb Mount Everest and then got frozen at the top. Right. I don't know. Just, that was the one part that I was like, that's a little fishy. Maybe he was like Al Capone and was a syphilitic moron. It was a well-produced video, considering his time, too, oh, by yeah, the way. Definitely. Um, so anyway. So he's talking to him about it, and he's like, hey, just so you know, I'm leaving you guys the house and my whole fortune. Because Arthur's the final heir. Yep, he's the yeah, he's the last of their line. So everyone's like, ooh, cool. And he's like, well, where is the... So they're like, you know, talking. He's like, I don't know if I can afford this. Nope, that's later. Sorry, my bad. Um, A decent amount later. Yep, quite a bit. Um, 
So they're talking about it, and they're like, wow, okay, well, the lawyer's like, you know, you guys can check, come check the place out if you want um, today or tomorrow. And he's like, well, where is it? He's like, just a few hours' drive from here. So, Which conflicts with a later line in the movie. I don't remember the exact line, but they mention having to fly back. Oh, that, that's at the very end. Uh, Maggie is like, I'm taking the first plane out of here. Yeah, that's what it is. But I don't know if maybe she was going back home, home, maybe it could be. But yeah, I uh, maybe. Yeah, I was like, that's the one conflicting thing yeah. with that whole. If it's just like a couple hours drive, then why would you ever take a plane? That's like I mean, taking a plane from Mankato to Rochester. I would. <laughs> I, I mean, it would cut it down to like a 30 minute flight. I, if I had a helicopter, I'd like take a helicopter everywhere. An hour ish drive. Why can't we just fly? Because <sighs> it sucks. Does it? Yeah, it's cold up there. Yeah, but if we have a, like heli- personal helicopters or hover beams. Well, I mean, <laughs> think of how many people can't drive. Yeah, no, just dude, it's like the and Google cars. Driving in the sky with no lanes. Yeah, that'd be fine. Less accidents. We have accidents with birds already. The meth heads and birds. Huh? And then Asian women, meth heads, and birds. All right. It starts to stack quick. Well, I'm just saying. Like, Can you yeah, imagine well, like cars that drive themselves? A multi-lane pile up in the sky. Did you hear about the record fucking pile up in Missouri? Maybe it happened last week. Uh uh-uh. uh Took them 24 hours to clear it out. 93 cars in this pile oh, for six God. miles. That is ridiculous. Like, how did that many people crash into one fucking pile? It's like a lemming incident of humans. Yeah. I I don't know, man. It was fucked up. Anyway, That's real fucked up. Family's driving. Lawyer's following them. A lawyer's leading the way. They're, they're in a separate car. They're following them to the house. Musical montage. Who does it cut to, Pete? Take it away. Uh, George Strait. Okay, anyway, it takes to ca- Catalina. Katrina, Kalina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at in my notes if I'm being honest with you. Oh, oh here it is. Uh, new house, fuck yeah, lawyer is clearly dubious. Montage of Kaleen gearing up. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's, honestly, I do like the soundtrack for the majority of this movie, with the exception of <laughs> the credits track at the end, uh, the very first one. Because it's just a terrible hip hop track, which I'm pretty sure Miss Maggie is the author of. It's so disappointing that this is not Mountain Dew. Um, not only is it not Mountain Dew, but it's multi-week old flat soda. It was in the fridge though, so it's that, okay. All right. Um. So this montage scene is fairly brief, rather irrelevant for the most part. We're going to try to rapid fire through this, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So she's in there. She's collecting some books. You see a couple of photos that unless you've seen the movie before, you're not going to understand this foreshadowing and whatnot where you get some like dark Zodiac stuff in there. So, I mean, maybe, you know, something about that you might recognize, but she's packing up some dynamite, some flares, uh, some C4, whatever, you know, explosives gear, a giant book, old school, Black Zodiac shit, and that's that's the only real point to all this. She's just packing a bunch of shit up, yep. getting getting some materials ready. Geared up, classic vest. Gearing up, indeed. Ooh. Getting that swag. Um. So then we move to where they are arriving at Mr. Criticos's home. Boom. And someone's already there. Someone is there. It's oh the dear, guy. oh dear. It's the electrician. Um. 
so yeah, there's a gentleman with an electrician, and the lawyer's like, what are you doing here? And the guy's like, ah, the whole Quad Tri-County area, which I was like, well, that's a bullshit-ass line. Yeah. Um, they got power out in the whole Quad Tri-whatever area. And uh, I think this house is the culprit or whatever. I need to get inside, check some breakers or I don't know. It was all like the worst. Oh, yeah. Pretend. Wor- thing. So this is Dennis. This is the psychic guy from before yeah. in this outfit. You would have recognized him right away if you were watching the movie anyway. Um, but him and the lawyer do know each other. It's foreshadowed right there. It's fairly see. obvious. Yeah. But not obvious enough that the family apparently catches on or they're so distracted by the glass house in front of them that yeah. they're not paying attention. This whatever. Is a sweet-ass house. It is fucking cool. Um. So, long story short, the lawyer has possession of this key that he was already supposed to give Arthur, but hadn't. So here he is giving it to him. They put the key in the door. The door opens up. Sweet. Awesome. Good stuff. Lights turn on as the doors open. Boom. Things you already see. And it you know, shows the gears spinning a little bit. Things start to move a little bit in the house. Yeah, they kind of pan around the house a little bit. As I mean, this is the scene's kind of played out in a little bit of slow motion for a good minute, minute and a half. Yep. And you kind of get to see like some of the decor of and uh, the interior of this glass house and some of the cool shit that you know, Arthur or not Arthur, excuse me, Cyrus has collected over however long he's been doing his travels and business and whatever the fuck else it is that he does aside from ghost catching. Um, and you just you just realizing how gorgeous of a fucking home it is. It kind of cuts to a couple of different rooms in the house a little bit, um, and then they just kind of slow motion walk through the door. I believe uh, as they, they all start exploring, and uh, Dennis is like, I'm going to go deal with the basement, which is, I'm assuming, where the breakers are. He ends up kind of wandering around, and then they it's Arthur and the lawyer in a room talking, and uh, Dennis ends up meeting them there. He's like, yeah, I'll get this over with as soon as I find the basement. Right, yeah, yeah. Get to the breakers. The lawyer's like, uh, just down the hall, two doors on the right. So he walks away and they're talking about it. And um, he's in the basement. He sees the torn. Uh, then he has an incident with the uh, the torn prints. Yeah. With um, because he's walking and you see all these cells with all these different ghosts <sighs> and he's just kind of. Uh, let's cover the part where the kids split first. Oh, okay. Because that happens before it cuts to him being in the basement. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when uh, the little thing happens with Dennis and then the the lawyer tells him where to go. And then at this point, they're in what you find out later is uh, the library of the house, or if it's not already apparent based on the room's appearance. Um, and the lawyer goes, you know, he's Arthur, we got some paperwork we got to sign. Uh, once we got that all taken care of, we'll take a tour of the house and all that good stuff. <clears throat> um, and as he's telling him this, they're kind of looking around. They move into this other room that has this crazy looking floor that yeah. has this like. Uh, it almost looks like what you would imagine uh, and what you would kind of put together rather as a solar system project in yeah. an early science class where it's like it's got this circular center and then rings kind of sketching out from that that would, you know, you could interpret as the orbit of different planets or whatever. Yep. Um, and so it's this big, big fucking room, which ends up being it's, it's actually almost all CG as far as like the details of that room. Really impressive to me because I never yeah. knew. I never fucking knew until I watched the special feature stuff where they show that room and it doesn't have the CG stuff layered over it. I was like, oh, wow. I had no fucking clue that much of that room was fake. Yeah. Not a goddamn clue. So the lawyer says that line um, and Arthur tells the kids and Maggie to stay put 
and until they get back, you know, they're just going to go sign the papers and whatever, do whatever yeah, talking they got to do. And break gonna, anything or touch don't anything. break or touch anything and stay right here until things are signed for. Right. And we get some insurance on this fucking place yeah. or whatever. I think he even mentions that. Yeah. Which I was like, there you go. Now you're being a Jew. Right. So, uh, so then they start to walk away and like not even five fucking seconds. And everybody like all the kids, the, well, the three of them just look at each other like, yeah, fuck, let's split. Yep. So it, of course they just didn't listen and just went their own separate they ways. They go. They go. And that's when we cut to Dennis in the basement. Yeah. So Dennis, you can take that back over. Dennis is just kind of walking through the basement and, uh, he, he def, they never really say what he was looking for. You assume he was just looking for money that he was owed. Um, but he's checking it out, and he sees all these uh, weird spells on the wall like that are on the outside. And he's like, huh, okay. And he puts on these glasses, and he's looking, and all of a sudden uh, his head starts to feel all woozy again. And he, you can tell he's getting uncomfortable. Um, he gets by. He's kind of leaning up against this one glass door, and then... He looks in there and it's the torn prince. You come to find out, and he's got a baseball black, uh, baseball bat, you know, sp- uh, Letterman jacket kind of deal. He looks like a greaser almost, like Elvis. At first, I thought he was Elvis when I was a little kid, an or an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, guy. I see what you're saying. Um, and he smashes the glass, and he's not. F- and then the glass stays there because the spirit can't break it. But um. Yeah, Dennis is not having a good time. He's uh, having his headache, and he ends up kind of running out of the basement. He see as he's looking, he sees all these different ghosts mm-hmm. like locked up in their cages. It's probably a better way to tell this, honestly, because like that whole scene is like they're technically bouncing back and forth between Dennis and Arthur up in the library. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's probably an easier way to do this, honestly, when we're doing those scenes. It's just something that occurred to me, and I thought I would say out loud, because <clears throat> it. It this, initially yeah, goes movie. from like he has a psychic vision and then that's when it jumps back upstairs to Arthur talking about how he can't afford the place. And then it jumps back to Dennis. And yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a bunch of jumping in that yeah, scene. Dude, before. This, this whole movie is just so just rapid, quick jumps. So I think we'll just try to block those similar ones together. Right. Do a little backfill as we need. And just let but, you know that some of this stuff's happening. Yeah. Simo. Yeah. I mean, they're all in the same house. So yeah, this stuff is going to be happening simultaneously according to how we're saying it, but it is a lot of back and forth, like one minute scenes. Yeah. Real quick jumps. And it's not just, you know, scene with these people and then like one or two more and then jump with these people again. Yeah. It's like scene with this people, scene with this people. Like now these two people are so over there quick. Now Cause this, this group switched. Like it, that was one thing I had a hard time with when it came to like taking notes and stuff on this movie is just how much I, back and forth there was. So I literally just did tick notes with, uh, one line fucking I didn't quick. figure out to do that until the very fucking end of the movie. Just quick boom. Yeah. Cup, right, Just right, like a have a difference details. between this this particular group of people and this group of people. Yeah. Like, ah, I should have done that. Anyway. Yeah. Future for myself. Yep. Behind the scenes, folks. Yes, that's how we make it. We're that boom. see-through. Um. Okay, so that all happens with Dennis. And then we do cut back upstairs and Arthur's with the lawyer. He's like, look, man, I know I can't afford this. The taxes alone on this thing are, are yeah. more than I can afford. And essentially, the lawyer just reassures me. He's like, look, Cyrus is really good with finances. Again, Jewy as fuck. You don't have to do anything. You you don't have to work for any ever. Like, we're fu- we're gonna we're gonna really the Asians and the Jews are the ones that get ragged on on the show the most. I think. <laughs> Poor bastards. We do love most of you anyway. Just, just for, don't be an asshole. I mean. And I say most of you because there's always like a like a five percent 
guarantee that those five percent people are douchebags. Yep, don't like them. So but I like I'm just else. I'm just saying there's room for assholes, and I'm referring to those assholes. You doing a disclaimer? You worried about being disclaimer? Yeah, that's what it. Well, not so much that. It's like I do like some Asians. You know what I'm saying? But I don't hang out with a lot of Asians. I'm just not into tentacle porn. And though. all the Asians I see doing the yakuza or some shit on TV, and that's just no good. They're badass though. Wow, that's really limiting. Yakuza is like only Japan, isn't yep. it? Are there any Chinese gangs? Oh, the Triad, right? Nope. Is that Japanese too? Yep. Oh fuck. Fuck you, Asia. Um. So he just reassures them, you know. Yep. Cyrus is like, "Look, your your uncle was super good with the money. You'll never really have to worry about it again." Boom. True. Awesome. Boom. Incomes. So not only did they get a sick-ass house, they got a fuckload of money on top of it. That so-called squandered fortune is not so squandered. No. Or it might be. At least according to the rhetoric that's being played out in this scene. Yes. Um. So <clears throat> now we are joined again by Dennis. Who is freaking out. Frantic! One of my favorite lines is coming up, but I want you to explain up to it. All right, so Dennis comes up to Arthur, he's like, uh, and he's kind of telling him the what's what, um, and then like he kind of touches Arthur and has uh, one of his like moments. They link as as he refers to it later on. Yeah. Um, and he sees like his torture past, what happened with his wife, that kind of. That's the main reference that you because it's just like a second where you see like six different images flash before your eyes yeah. in that time frame. So it's just like a little. Um, okay, so real quick, uh, before he touches him, um, he's trying to explain what uh, what he does. Like, oh yeah, he's yeah. talking about uh, he's like wraiths, uh, spiritual entities that are you know caught. And he's like, like what are you talking okay, about? Okay, fine, I'll do this the easy way. And he's like, I was hunting ghosts with Cyrus. Ghosts? He's like, yes, yes ghosts. 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 He's like, goats. And he just goes, no, like he's so pissed because he's like, did you say goats? <laughs> like, I don't know. I like that. That whole scene. I, that's how I described it. Ghosts or goats. <laughs> so they start laughing at him and doubting him and all this stuff. And the lawyer's kind of playing into it. Yeah. Then the scene where he touches uh, Arthur has a panic thing and he falls down. Yeah. It goes into a little bit of an episode, seizes a little bit, hits the ground. And, and that's just sort of the end of that. Yep. Um, let's see. Then it shows Bobby and Maggie looking together. Yep. It starts to show the family exploring the place. And it really doesn't do too much. No, they uh, just, this like, is they again, just room. jumping around a lot. Bobby and Maggie find a pet, uh, set of glasses, um, start scootering around some more. Um, Kathy is in the be- uh, bedroom. She's like, Ooh, this is mine. Blah, blah, blah. Jumps in the bed. Looks very comfy. Then she is, in the bathroom and first of all i do have to make a comment on this bathroom this whole house is fucking gorgeous but that tub and shower curtain come on (laughs) are you kidding me i do like uh how they did like the privacy element with the bathrooms like how the rest of the house is all like clear glass with inscriptions on it and then this room's got like the opaque glass yeah yeah but i mean not necessarily opaque but like frosted yeah you just can't see through it because it's it's distorted or something like that but i mean seriously that bathtub i mean hideous it's horrible well i've never liked the standalone tubs in the first place yeah but it's got the shower aspect too with the curtain that goes hang over the on the outside what come on Bad bathroom. Yeah, it looks fucky. Get it together, interior designers. Um, 
Then it cuts. So Kathy's in the bathroom and it doesn't. Nothing really happens too much yet. Uh, Dennis starts coming too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, they look up and it's him and Arthur. Um, and he's like, "Hey, where's but the it's suit?" Only him and Arthur. Yeah, he's like, "Where's the suit?" They're like, huh? Where'd he go? Then it cuts to the lawyer. And he is heading into the basement, finna get he pay. Boom. Make that dough. Get them greenbacks, son. Shit. Yep. That's exactly right. Well, I mean, that's really kind of how it plays out. Oh, God. Three episodes in a row of just recording. I repeat myself. You're the one who. I can whisper what I have to say. No. 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 You choose. Cause then I gotta reply, and then I gotta say something. And... What do you need? Ah, uh, all right. See you in a little bit, or hear you in a little bit. Whatever happens. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the lawyer's in the fucking office. <laughs> uh, the lawyer's in the basement. He's walking. He's making snotty comments to all the ghosts in the room, um, like in their ca- in their cages. You know, he sees like, hey. How's it going, little guy? Says to a dude with an a little dude with an arrow in his head, which is the firstborn son. Um, he's uh, what does he say? Like blows a kiss or something like that to the uh, the angry princess. Mm-hmm. Um, he walks, goes into this big machine room, sees this bag. He's like, "All right," grabs this fucking big old briefcase that was sitting on uh, these pedals. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Until the last time I watched it, that they were actually on pedals. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, it's very a, it's, obvious. It's really obvious and rather so, important. So yeah, as his as being the, a greedy lawyer is what sets the entire movie into motion. Yeah, you know, as soon as he picked that up, that's when the uh, literally the brakes were stopped or the brakes were released mm. and things start happening. Like the machine activates and this pendulum starts moving a little faster. Gears are switching, boxes are opening. <laughs> Lawyer starts leaving the basement. A door is opened. And he starts to get a little uncomfortable. You can see it in his face. He's walking down the hall to leave the house. And all of a sudden, it's the uh, the angry princess, which is this lady who is, like, torn the fuck up. Big old boob slashes. Just, she's naked and has big lacerations all over, over her body. body. And she looks like she's recently wet. Yep, and she always, yeah, she looks Not like she's crying. Crotch too. wise, but just in general. Yeah, like she's been in the rain. Or the tub. Or the tub. Which Yep. Um so yeah. Lawyer's like he sees her out of the cage, he's like, Oh, hey, <laughs> gets starts to get real real scared. Like he, his mood changed and he's like, Fuck. Uh what? So he starts backing up as the lady's like in like inching towards him and getting closer. She's got a knife. He's like, Hey, hey, whoa. We can talk, we can, you know, we can, we can work on this, whatever, you know, just, I didn't mean it. <laughs> you can leave me alone and quack Whoosh. cut in half. She doesn't do shit. He gets killed by his own lack of vigilance. Yep. Gets- so yeah, all the, I mean, since this whole house is built out of glass, so are the doors and these two doors close elevator style and cut he ass straight in half. Boom. So, like, back half of your head's on one side of the door, the front half of your head's on the other. Yeah. So, split them lengthwise. Ugh. 
such a well done effect just boom you's dead it looks so good the way he like slides down and yeah and there's the the other half of his body is left standing on the other side of the glass oh dude it looks so good i loved it looks fantastic so well done one of my favorite death scenes it's so cool let's see plays moving in the hallway so yeah his ass gets killed gets cut in half um, and then the search is on because at this point, Arthur has, in fact, realized that the family's not there. Um, you know, basically right around the time that the lawyer disappeared yep. is when he noticed that the kids were also gone. <clears throat> so he's out searching. Um, up, no, they, I thought they end up finding the, the family ends up finding them in the library. Hmm? And then they're like, where's Bobby? I thought it was just Bobby they were looking for. Mm-hmm. No, that happens up in the bathroom. Oh. Um, so now the search is on. Uh, Arthur's looking all over for all these kids. Uh, Kathy is up checking out that bathroom area we were describing with the the opaque glass, as it were, and the shitty, awful shower curtain with the piece of shit tub. Yeah. Um, But she doesn't realize she's sharing her bathroom time at the moment. With the bloody little lady. And then uh, cuts away from that, and another ghost gets released, which this is something that bothers me is I feel like the levers go off way more times than there are ghosts. Maybe. You know what I mean? I feel like there's way more than 12 levers that go off throughout the movie because sometimes they show like three levers going off all at once. Huh, I didn't know. Yeah, I have I, no idea. Oh, that, that's something that bothered me watching it through this time around. Um. So, yeah. Uh, another one gets released. You don't really see anything of it. Um, and then Tits McGee is in the bathtub now. Oh, well, let's let's start with she's the first time that you see the angry princess in the bathroom with Shan Elizabeth. Shan's looking into the mirror, the vanity above the sink, and she's checking herself out, splashing her water on her face, and the angry princess is behind her and just kind of has this jealous kind of look to her yeah, like this like, bitch thinks she's all that i i'm supposed to be what she thinks she is yeah and like she's got this butcher knife held up the whole time but like it's kind of analyzing the situation and um then she goes over to the bathtub and starts like running some water checking that shit out and the whole time you're kind of seeing images of the tubs already full of blood and she's the angry princess that is, is laying in it. Words, I'm sorry, are written on the floor in blood. Yeah, the whole uh, room's covered in blood and then there's like writing and stuff ghost around the room. Right, stuff of course. She doesn't see, see any of yep. it. Uh, you're just getting flashes of it as part of the ghost the ghost world. And uh, so she's fucking around in the water. You're watching the stream. The stream runs from uh, water to blood, of course. Like, is. Eh, almost cliche to a certain degree. As far as horror movies go, you've seen that happen a lot of times, yeah. um, but it, it happens. And then she's like, the angry princess rears up to go ahead and stab this bitch. And then Arthur bursts in the room. There you are. Ah, I fucking found you. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Arthur finds cat Kathy. And he's like, all right, where's Bobby and Maggie. And then uh, Kathy just tells him that Bobby and Maggie were off together and she was alone but then Maggie shows up right behind Arthur and she's like, uh, Bobby was with Maggie. So now nobody knows where Bobby is. Yep. He's, he's gone off on his own. Then it cuts to Bobby. Sure does. Uh, Bobby is putzing around and whatnot. And he's, he's he, you can hear some voices are talking to him. Yeah, he passed uh, by but, a basement, but you don't really see anything the whole time. Yep. But there's two different voices 
rather distinct voices you hear. One's trying to lure him into the basement, and the other one's telling him to stay away the whole time. And, of course, dumb kid ends up going into the basement instead. Idiot. Instead of listening to the voice, it's like, mm, probably not a good idea, bro. Should probably stay up there. Um, where do we go after this, Josh? Um, so then it goes to uh, so Bobby still is walking downstairs after the voice is telling him, "Don't, don't go, don't, don't go, don't go, don't go." Um, then it cuts to Dennis and Arthur; they're having an argument, um, about you know what's going on and everything like that. Um, honestly, I can't remember what this argument is about, but I know they're having a little altercation about what to do. Mm. Oh, because he he tries to break through the glass. Yeah, he tries to break through the front door because it's sealed. Yeah, and he starts telling him about this. It's like Echo Bar glass. Yeah, Ectobar. Yeah, and he's like, it's shatterproof. It's soundproof. soundproof. Which there's a part of the movie where they are yelling through the glass and they're understanding at each, each other. other. Yep, I know. I saw. I noticed that as well. And I was like, okay, that's clearly not the case. Well, you fucked up again. Um, let's see. So yeah, um. It cuts down to Bobby, who's still kind of scootering around downstairs, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell on you, whatever." You know, he's thinking it's like Maggie and his sister fucking with him. Um, that's really all that's happening there. He comes back to uh, Dennis and Arthur and the family. They're talking about the spell. He's you know explaining what the spells are and all that stuff. Um, they get to the basement. He's like, "What did I just say? Don't go down into the basement." Um, I just told you there's a petting zoo of ghosts. Don't go down. They're like, yeah, but you said they're locked up, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'll pay you whatever you were owed. Just help me find my son. And we'll get out of here. Like, Bobby oh. eats shit before all that happens. Oh, yeah. Um, Right after the Dennis describes like what the glasses and everything, we we get a cut to Bobby and something spooks him and he like goes running, but like runs straight into a piece of glass, falls down. And he's just like out essentially. Oh, he uh he sees And that's when Arthur wants to go into the basement. And the, uh, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Cuz he's got the glasses on. He sees the torso and and the witch. The yeah, the uh the bound witch. The bound woman. The bound woman. Yeah, right. Sorry, not witch. Um, the bound woman. Then he starts running. Yeah, he ends up tripping, not basically knocks himself out for like 4 yeah. seconds. Yeah, he runs right into the glass. Yep. Like a dumbass. Um, yeah. I did that once as a kid. Happens all Big the time. Big old goose egg on my uh, goose <laughs> egg. Goose egg on my head. I help you, but help me find my son. We just went through that. Um, then it cuts back to Bobby, though. Yep. Now he's uh, he's kind of coming to, waking up a little bit. Uh, another again, we're back with the voices. One's telling him to go upstairs, and he puts the glasses on, and that's uh, when he sees his mom temporarily. Um, and then Cyrus ends up being behind him. Yep. And that's just the he end screams. of that scene. Yep. It's real he quick. Screams. He screams and that's it. Uh, this whole time, uh, Bobby's little thing is that he's almost like a little reporter. He carries around this. Radio. Got like a Fisher, a Fisher Price recorder. Yeah. Like it, it takes a cassette sort of thing into it. And then it has this long cord with a, a coiled cord with a microphone at yeah. the end of it. Um, he calls it, he, he only records about death and brutal things though. He's, he's ta- he calls it his death log. Yeah. Cause he's like, you gotta have it. And they talk about it earlier during the breakfast scene about how yeah. it's like an unhealthy thing or whatever, yeah. but it's never a really big thing, but yeah, it drops and you get a little bit of a feedback squeak, which would probably never happen with that piece of machinery Oh God, no. <laughs> due to the lack of, uh, power behind it. Really? Um, and yeah, so now he just kind of is gone. 
um, yeah, so they're they're down. He's down there, gone. Um, the family is now down in the basement, and they're standing like basically right at the foot of the stairs. They're like, "Well, here, two of us go this way, two of us go that way. Just go in a straight line, and we'll be right back here in five minutes." Like we'll a bunch here. of cunts, they split up. Yep. As every fucking fail of every movie has starts. Boom. Which yeah. meet back here in five minutes, like. How far do you think you're going to go? You're in a house. If you can't reach the limits of like one direction in a house within three minutes, you're a fucking crazy slow person. Dude. Or you have a too big of a house. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. You'd have to have some crazy big house for that. Right. Like I can. Yeah, I can even walk through the hospital fast. I can walk through yeah. the hospital and around the hospital faster than that. Through department stores, I can get end to end in like two and a half, three minutes. Yeah. I could do a, you could do a lap in that easily. Straight up. In five minutes, you could do a full lap, most likely. Um, So, yeah. I don't know. They do that. They so split yeah, up. Just one little thing that bothered me amongst the fact that they're already splitting up. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, we got Dennis and Maggie as one. Um, they're walking, and they, they're they looking through, and he's explaining the ghost to her or whatever. And the, the two that they see the most are the hammer and the juggernaut. And she's kind of like, oh, shit. These are real fucking Christ. Um, and as they're walking past the juggernaut, Dennis is kind of giving him the finger and he's like, sticking his tongue out at him. And he has little flashes of him dying. He gets these little premonitions from that distance already. So it's pretty strong. Kind of. He's seeing his own death a little bit and and the the expression on his face tells it all. Yeah. He's like, well, oh, fuck. There's no way I just saw what I think I saw. No way that was what it was. Right. Ugh. And then he also realizes that there's some open doors. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what? These weren't open. What? Why are these open? They weren't do- open when I was down here earlier. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I'm going to go pee. If you want to talk about taking away with Arthur and Kathy. All right. So uh, now that we're with Arthur and Kathy, Arthur finds Bobby's recorder. Uh, which of course is not good, um, and it's uh, as far as the back and forth thing goes. When Arthur finds Bobby's recorder, that's also when Dennis notices the first one that's out is called the Jackal. Um, as soon as Josh gets back from his little pee break, I'll have him describe what the Jackal is since the Jackal's been released. Um, probably one of my favorite of the ghosts. Just saying. Um, so we've got. Oh my God. Um, oh, oh, yeah, Kathy starts talking now, uh, and she's like, uh, maybe Rafki's right, uh, maybe Dennis is right, as, you know, kind of Arthur's dismissing everything, but, um, Kathy's got a pair of those glasses with her, slips that shit on, and, cause like this, okay, let's just set it up a little bit better than I just did, cause that was sloppy, so the conversation goes that, uh, Kathy's starting to kind of maybe side with Dennis a little bit, and she's like, well, you know what? Maybe Dennis is right, or uh, the electrician, or whatever they think he still is at this point. Um, and the whole time, Tony Shalhoub, uh, Arthur, is just like, that's it's crazy. It's not even possible. She's like, I don't know. I mean, it just, it, maybe. And then, like, she takes those glasses she has, and she puts them on, like, not for any real good reason either. Uh, and, and these glasses are the ones that Bobby had on that he dropped and she had picked him up from that. And she slips those on. 
And sure enough, it's like literally as she puts them on, you're looking through her eyes, watching the glasses get put on real quick. And you watch the jackal come into focus. And shit just gets real. I mean, she just starts getting slashed. Um, this jackal, the, the jackal rather, um, has like sharp claws is, is kind of like her thing in this movie. Um, and she's just clawing and mauling Kathy all the hell. Like push her to the end of the hallway all the while beating the fuck out of her. She hits a wall at the end of the hallway and then the jackal lifts her off the ground like some fucking schoolyard bully trying to, you know, shake your lunch money loose or whatever. And out of nowhere, this chick from before Kalina shows up, tosses a flare at, at uh, the at the ghost, and suddenly things are pretty kosher. Um, the jackal just like goes away, which the way this kind of plays out is is kind of odd too. Wait, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. I think of the wrong thing. Well, anyway, uh, she drops to the ground, and I, I I can't remember if I'm thinking of the right part. I can't. I feel like she like levitates there for a second longer than she really should have, based on the camera angles or whatever. But regardless of that fact, uh, she's okay for this for the moment. Uh, Dennis and Maggie are now, you know, or, or rather, we're back with Dennis and Maggie, and we've referenced this uh, ghost before, so I'll, I'll probably have Josh just cover both of these once he gets back. Uh, they see the firstborn son, which is like this uh, probably 12 to 14. Nah, let's go with like 10 to 12 year old boy uh, with like a, a sort of Indian get up on. And uh, they run into him real quick. They start seeing or Dennis starts seeing him and he's like, oh, shit. Hold still. Don't move. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Josh just entered the room again. Excuse me, the hamster just entered the room again. Um, considering where we are, I think it'd be good to cover both the jackal and the firstborn son. Okay. Because we've uh, had an encounter with the firstborn son already, and now Dennis and Maggie are encountering him a little bit. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll give the uh, their descriptions real quick. Then we got to pause for a minute. I got to make a call. All right. Shit's stupid. Um, all right, the jackal and who? Oh, the jackal and who? Uh, the jackal and the firstborn son. Okay. So the jackal um, is one of the signs. Uh, his real name is Ryan Q. Um, he's from 1840. He was the son of a prostitute. Um, he had a lot of anger issues growing up that way. Um, he had this, uh, he was violent towards the prostitutes and uh, other whores of that nature. Um, he ended up self checking him into uh, a mental institution, and there his problems grew. He, uh, Became more isolated, became more violent. Um, they ended up putting him in a straight jacket and locking him in a room um, in the basement. His uh, fucking fingernails like grew super long. His veins constricted. Um, he nodded through a straight jacket one time, so that's why he's kind of wearing that and loose. He's got this cage on his head because he was biting people. Um, then there was a fire. He died in the fire. So that's that. That's the jackal. You kind of see him wearing the cage. The whole the time I thought it was a woman. Yeah. Until, no, until I looked into it. I can totally see it. And let's see. Where'd the... The firstborn son? Little Indian boy? Yeah, where'd my notes go for him? Ain't Firstborn no. son. All right. Other oh, Zodiac sign. Uh, the child that you see, his name is Billy Michaels. Um, <clears throat> When he was a kid, he was uh, obsessed with cowboys and Indians, as you can see him dressed up that way. 
possibly autistic because he was c- described as a spoiled brat. Um, let's see. I don't see the connection. Uh, I don't know because like anytime he was uh, taken away from his toys, he would throw a giant fit. You know what I mean? Like mm. if he was, if someone told him you can't play cowboys and Indians are adjusted something like he would throw like a temper tantrum and just get real violent about it. So maybe, I don't know the way they just some sort it. of mental issue for yeah. sure. I, I um, see what you're saying. But yeah, he was, uh, he ended up was, he was killed by the neighbor boy who had found a bow and arrow and wanted to, you know, he's like, yeah, let's play cowboys and Indians. And his little cap gun did not really work out against uh, a steel tipped arrow to the back of the head. Didn't work so good at all. No. So he was dead. So that's how these two ghosts were created. Boom. That's uh those two, the jackal and the firstborn son. And this is an intermission, folks. Intermission. Not for you, but for us. For us, real quick. Be back shortly. Sweet. Ah, Jesus Christ. We're back. Oh, oh my God. shit. That's so crazy. That's super crazy. Oh, my God. I had water and, like, a head or two. It was good. Yeah. So good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Oh, my God. So, Dude. um... Do you want to go to the beach and pick really. up some dudes? Nope. Right. I'd rather just oh. get a, you know, sand. Ugh. Get, get uh, um, I don't know, sand. So, yeah, I just explained the uh, firstborn son and the jackal kind of gave you their history. Um, so now we see, let's see. So Arthur and Kathy. Kathy was just attacked by the jackal. Kalina showed up through the Quicksilver flare, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're there, and now they're kind of hanging out, talking, trying to figure their shit out. And um, Kalina is giving them the rundown of this book that they have called the Arcanum. Um, and then she's talking about, uh, fuck it, what is it? What's the dude's name? Did you catch that? Proficimus? Oh, the Latin dude? Yeah, no, I don't um, remember. Okay, so it's this. she's talking about this machine that um, was uh, created, by, uh, designed by a man when he was this Proficimus guy. I don't know his name. It was called Mr. P. Um, Mr. P, when he was possessed by the devil, and it's used to uh, open up the gates of. Uh... Oh no! They they go into this a little bit more uh, later. Yeah, they, but... they talk about the, all the ghosts first. So at this point, we could probably just explain the rest of the ghosts. Fair enough. Because uh, technically, the boy did run into uh, the bound mother and the dire mother and the, the... great child. Fuck no, no, the bound one. Oh, the. The bound woman? Yeah, the bound woman and the torso. Yep. But we didn't actually talk about them. So now we may as well just go through the rest of them, because this is when they go through the rest of them anyway. Yep. Okay, so we got the first up, we got the torso. His real name is, uh, or the ghost name for him is uh, Jimmy the Gambler Balbino. Um, He was was a bookie back then. Uh, He made a bad bet with this guy, Larry the Finger uh, uh, Vitello. Um... It, the betting did not go well for him that time. So when he fin he you know he didn't have the money, he panicked. Um, this Jimmy Vitello guy or this Larry Vitello guy uh, came over to collect his money. Jimmy didn't have it, so he wanted to make an example out of him. Dismembered him and threw his body and wrapped him up, threw him in the river. So or in the off the pier, whatever. So that's how uh, the torso came to be. And then we got the dire mother. Uh, her name is Margaret. Thatcher. Thatcher? Is that it? No. No, that's a real person. Oh, let's see. Where is it? The Great Child. Uh, Margaret Shelburne. There we go. Um, she's dwarf. You know, she was... Uh, her mom, like, dressed her up as dolls when she was a kid because she was so small and little. Um, it caused her a lot of psychological damage. 
so she joined a freak show um but she was still kind of an outsider there which is pretty bad when you're an outcast of the freaks um she was uh she was raped by a tall man or the tall man whatever and she gave birth to one of the other freaks yeah (laughs) gave birth to uh harold who is the uh great child one of the other ghosts Let's the only see. duo ghosts in the entire 12, in the dozen. Uh, then we got the uh, the angry princess. Unless you count the one that makes a baker's. Yeah. <laughs> technically, he and number four yeah. would do make another duo. <laughs> Fuck, um, I fucked myself. Let's see. Angry princess. Uh, that's the naked lady. She's uh, Her real name is Dana Newman. Dana Newman. Um, she was... You know, super obsessed with her looks. She picked apart Fake anything. Fake-ass titties. She, she saw an imperfection work. in everything about her, even though she was born beautiful. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> she suffered from low self-esteem and all this shit. Let's see. And then uh, she she was blinded in one eye be- uh, while performing a self-surgery on her the first time, and it did not go well for her, so she became depressed and all this. And then... One day she just decided fuck it and mutilated herself in the bathtub until she died. Mm. So boom. Story of a modern woman. Did we go and we went over the we didn't go over the Torn Prince, did we? Uh, no, we did not. Okay. Torn Prince. Real name, Royce Clayton. Um he was a baseball star in his hometown. Um one day, I think it was their senior year, they were uh out and about and he was challenged by another greaser, you know, another Cool kid, man. <laughs> hey. Socias and the greases were going at it. Yep. Uh, decided to do a drag race. That did not end well. He uh, rolled his car, burst into flames. He died. Stick the baseball, pussy. Boom. Let's see. We got the jackal, we already said. The pilgrimess. Total badass. Her name was Isabella Whosever. I can't remember her last name. I believe she was excommunicated. Roznikov. She was shunned from her town. Um, In Russia. I don't think so. I don't think that's right. Hmm. Um, tomatoes, tomatoes. Let's see. So yeah, she was kind of excommunicated. Things started like bad luck happened around the town, and then the um, she was basically witch hunted. Yeah. Um, they trapped her in her barn. And they burned it, and after that, she walked out with not a scratch on her. It wasn't burnt at all. Um, so then they're like, okay, well, what the fuck's up with you? They put her in the stocks because they sentenced her to death, and then finally she died of starvation. That's the bound woman. That's pilgrimess, isn't it? That's pilgrimess. Oh. Uh, then we got the we went over the juggernaut. Uh, oh, okay. Great child, I'm Harold Shelburne. He's a big, giant, fat fucking fuck. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he, uh, buddy. He was his mother's the dire. He's good, three fifty <laughs> at least. Oh, easily. Um, you know he was uh he's a simpleton. He's basically. Because he didn't have a good educator. He, he, him and his mother were shunned the by the show. freaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, he couldn't take care of himself, so he did wear diapers. Um, let's see. Entirely reliant on his midget mother. Yeah. And then one day, his, uh, the freaks were trying to play a prank, and they kidnapped the, uh, his mother. And he didn't know what to do, so he started panicking and running around and then like searching for his mom. And when he finally found her, she had suffocated. So he went on a soup. He found out that it was the freaks who did it. He went all psycho on him, grabbed two axes, and started cutting everybody into pieces, displayed them, and then um, he was mutilated by the uh, proprietor of the carnival, the freak show. Which sounds oddly similar to a portion of a storyline in season four of American Horror Story. Oddly similar. (laughs) 
Just saying. Yeah. Um, and then we got The Withered Lover, which is, uh, and this time it's uh, Lana, Jean, Jean, uh, what's her last name? <laughs> Can't stop Nopolis. <laughs> okay. Kratos. Cr- <laughs> I don't remember anymore. Fuck. Vitilagos. There we go. <laughs> Cryptos. Cryptos. Oh my god. Criticus. Criticus. There we go. go. (laughs) Um, How did we fuck that up that bad? I have no idea. Oh my god. Um, Let's see. So it's, yeah, Gene Criticus. Gene Criticus, Uh, right. Yeah, it's Arthur's wife. She died in the house fire. Um, Crispy fried special recipe. Boom. Then we got the hammer. Uh, his name was George Markley. Uh, he was a happy blacksmith, big old dude. Um, big son of a bitch. Big son of a bitch. Um, then one day, this guy Nathan accused him of theft, but he didn't, so he stood up to him, and uh, Nathan didn't like that. So one day, he, uh, a couple days later, he snuck out and found his family, uh, George's family, and uh, started torturing him. And then when George found out he saw him and he tracked the three down because uh, his family was murdered by him. Tracked uh, Nathan and his accomplices down to get some revenge. And then when he found, he beat him with his sledgehammer till they were mushy. <laughs> um, then the town found out, grabbed him, took him into town uh, in the center of town and drove these railroad spikes into him until he died. And then they cut off his hand and replaced it with his hammer. So there's that. Boom, hammer hand. Then we have the bound woman, uh, Susan Leroy. Leroy. Susan Leroy. Leroy, indeed. Um, she was born wealthy, and she was a slutty heartbreaker, you know, and then one day it caught up with her on prom night, actually, and uh, she was making out with somebody else. So her boyfriend found out, got uber, uber pissed, and uh, they were missing. Later, they find the one dude, uh, her the guy she was cheating on her boyfriend with in the, uh, I think it's a river, broken arm, something like that. I don't know. Crack Isn't that head. the plot to Titanic? No. Oh. Um, similar. But uh, then they find her cut uh, cut up a little bit and wrapped in saran wrap and like buried in the center of the football <laughs> field. Um, when her boyfriend's uh, last words were before he was executed in prison were, uh, die, a bit broke my die. heart, so I broke her neck. Boom. That's all the ghosts. That is Am's ghosts. Mm-hmm. Except for the 13th yep. ghost. Which is the, the broken heart. Indeed. Um, Let's see. Okay, so where does that leave us then as far as storyline? Okay, so there, Okay, uh, so yeah, she's explaining the ghosts. Um, And Kathy's that's when... Missing. What? Kathy is now missing. Clean Dennis go added a bit, but that's just rain. Well, not well. We're in the library. Like if she's already talking about the ghosts, and uh, after she talks about most of the ghosts, or is it before that they talk about the who the fourth ghost? No, who the fourth ghost? Oh is. no, that's in the library. But first, um, they're uh. I think <clears throat> I'm ahead of myself. Yeah. So, yeah. Excuse me, folks. Kalina is explaining to them about the arca- uh, this book, the Arcanum, and all this stuff, and the machine. Um, as they're talking, all of a sudden, Kathy's missing, and they're like, no, fuck, this can't be happening, blah, blah. They start walking away. 
Um, then they see the firstborn son and they start running. Um, and then it cuts over to Maggie and Dennis and they get separated between this little wall. Cause this, uh, these, the walls are shifting right. and Maggie okay. gets the glasses. Dennis has nothing. And they're like, cool. Yep. We're separated now. This is neat. Um, and then he starts getting a headache. Dennis does like a super bad headache. And he's like, fuck. And then Maggie's like, oh shit. It's the, uh, the torn prince is smacking at you with the bat. She's like, duck, duck. And this is how they're, they're talking through not one pane of uh soundproof glass, but like two rooms of sound play, uh, soundproof glass. Like, yeah. That's not a small distance between them. And they're talking through in the middle of action and can hear everything. So jumping around, jumping around. He finally, he, I think he just gets one nice hit on the head yeah. like, into the temple. And then he kind of makes it out of the room basically unscathed. And Somehow gets away from the prince. Yeah. And now they're him and Maggie are back like in the same room again. Somehow. Yep. They don't even really show you how that happens. Yep. And now they, uh, then it goes to Arthur and Colleen and she's like, uh, this is when she says library. Yeah. Library. She does. Fucking Christ. So they, they Nicole notice pointed the, that out too. I, again, I didn't even notice They uh, Arthur and Colleen. They're looking, they see the hammer through the glass. Um, that's the first time Arthur gets to really see a yep. ghost. He's like, Oh shit. Um, uh, let's see. Cause here. up until that point, he's douche amounts of skeptic, even after what happened with Kathy Yeah, that he was involved in. And like, he's still like, I don't know about ghosts. It's like, well, what else did that? Yeah. Like that. I, hello. I got nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, they decide to pop up through the floor. Cause they're like, Oh, the library is just above us. So she can, Colleen knows how to remove glass panes. That's something interesting. She <laughs> right. just lifts the floor up and slides it away, and they start climbing up. Um, That's simple. It's like a sub-ceiling. It cuts over to uh, uh, Dennis and uh, Maggie, and they're walking, and, God, who do they see? They see the- they uh, care the, di- the dire mother and the great child. Yep, they start backing up, backing up, and they're like, shit, 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 and they run around the corner right as Colleen's popping up through the floor. Like, ah! So they're uh, getting there, and they kind of forget about Arthur in the basement for a minute. And uh, <laughs> another lever clicks, and the hammer's released. And he's like, oh, God. He starts climbing up. They finally like, oh, hey, we should probably grab him. Just barely get him out, of course. Yeah. So they uh, they grab him, and they end up. Uh, now you've got Arthur, Maggie, Dennis, and Colleen cool. all head to the library. Yep, they're in the library. All right, the library. So Arthur gets attacked by the jackal also while they're heading to the library. Yep. He gets clawed the fuck up in the back. But thank God, because Kalina had another another flare. Yep. Saved his ass with that shit. And then, of course, they finally make it to the library. Their destination. Boom. Um. So Kalina and Dennis are kind of going at it a little bit. And uh, that's when she realizes doesn't uh, that... Arthur has no idea about what's going on with the ghosts, much less who the fourth ghost is itself. True. Um, and then, you know, they start to explain everything that we kind of talked about with the ghosts before. So it does uh, seem like she knows a lot more. Like Colleen is pointing, putting out a lot more information that um, she should know if she was trying to, cause she said she's in there to just, uh, you know, release the spirits of this house, which she wasn't lying technically, right. but 
Um, she seems to know a lot more about the ghost and the stuff. Cause she's like, Oh, you know, she's looking at Dennis. She's like, you didn't tell him who the fourth ghost is. Right. It's like, but you've been with him too. So how do you, why have you not told him? Why have you not said anything about it? You explained the ghosts. Right. Why didn't you say anything then? So yeah, I don't know. She's kind of painted that she knows a little more than she's giving on. Like it's another one of those things that after you see the movie and you kind of pay attention to it, you can kind of see like, huh? Right. Okay. So right after she explains all the ghosts and every, like what they, who they all are, uh, she explains how they fit into this entire machine equation. So the story of the machine goes is it requires energy of specific spirits to power it. Once it engages, the spirits are released one by one. The house draws them to its center. Uh, once each one adds its energy, the machine has its power that it needs to power up. Um, what is powering up is what's called the ocularis infernum, which is the eye of hell in Latin. Um, in hell, the, what the eye is, uh, in hell, it's an eye that's basically all saying past, present, future, good, evil, yeah. uh, damned and heavenly, all that good shit. It just sees everything. The um, eye of Sauron. Right. Very similar thing. And, uh, it's said that whoever controls the eye is the most powerful man on earth. Yep. And so obviously that's what Cyrus was going for. He wanted to be this guy, but unfortunately he's passed and now Arthur's in this situation and his family's being sacrificed because all these ghosts are getting let out and blah, 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 blah. Um, but as it turns out, Arthur, being as how his wife is the fourth ghost, and that, that's what makes it possible, I guess, uh, he could be the failsafe that shuts down the machine as the 13th ghost. Um, if he were to willingly sacrifice his life for some sort of reason that he believes in, it's enough to shut down the eye and destroy everything, yep. you know? So that's how they finally give you the whole discussion as to why the movie's called 13 Ghosts. They say it. Ah, they said it. Yep. That whole thing. Um, and you also understand, okay, so that's what Cyrus was going for. That's what he was trying to build towards. And that's what kind of the house is going through right now and what this family's experiencing. Yep. Boom. Um, so they kind of they're then the, as they're you know they're through this discussion they're trying to make a game plan on what to do, and uh, like, well we could blow the whole place up. I got all these explosives, says Kalina, but they're like, hmm, maybe might as well, whatever. If we can get my kids out and stop everything, sure. Um, but then Dennis is like, hey, no, come on, let's try this one more time. He's like, let's go out and try to find your kids and see if we can do it this way. And they're kind of looking, and they come up with this plan to split up again. So it's going to be um, Arthur and Dennis and Maggie and Colleen. They're going to go to – Maggie and Colleen are going to go to the basement again to try to buy them some more time and set the bombs up for the machine if need be. Um, and Arthur and Dennis are going to grab one of the glass panes with spells on them to uh, be a barrier for them. Um, so they, they decide to go on this plan. They're carrying it, which this glass should be pretty – fucking heavy but they're just walking around like nothing yeah i thought that too i was like man if it's supposedly soundproof and unbreakable and it's like like an inch thick yeah it was some serious fucking glass and they're just carrying it around yeah just a very and there's no good way to carry something like that side grip uh, it's so uncomfortable oh it hurt it's I'd horrific i just stay in the library and say fuck off i'll wait till this machine's over i mean fuck carrying around I deal with stuff like that at work all the time. You know, yeah. it's like a, it's literally a centimeter or two thick. And then it's like 40 to 80 pounds. 
two two foot by two foot. It's just a big awkward thing. Now imagine yeah. a full door size piece of glass. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but no, no, no. It's like styrofoam, right? Okay, Ugh. not quite styrofoam, but like you'd think like a, one of those cheap hollow doors yeah. more than a giant pane of glass. Um, let's see. So Arthur and Dennis they end up taking the glass pane and they're looking for the kids. Um, and then it shows Maggie and Clean going into the basement um, to buy him some time and all that. Uh, that's when they see half the lawyer. And they're like, oh, that's the lawyer? Mm, poor bastard. Yeah, it was, he never saw it coming. Shucky darn. Um, then they end up getting into the, the core of the machine where they see all the gears and stuff just spinning and rotating and all that. And she's like, ooh, damn. Um, that's see. some shit. That's true. Let's see. And then it cuts back to Dennis and Arthur. Dennis and Arthur and they see a ghost and it's the torn prince smashing on the glass that they're carrying and they're having some struggles. Things are not looking too well for them. So far, their barricade is working. It's true. But it not well. Not well because they still have to hold the glass up and they can feel right. the resistance. It's merely keeping them safe from being hit themselves. Yeah. Now, if somebody came up from two, if they got two directions of the hallway, it's like, okay, which one do I'd rather have to kill me? Like. Right, exactly. Or do I rush them? They're pretty fucked. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do you squish them? Yeah. Can you squish a ghost? What does it work? I don't know. I'm not a ghostologist. Me either. Um, and then it cuts Start to class uh, for that. Goes Should be back, an app for it at least. Goes back to the basement with Colleen and uh, Maggie. Cyrus is entering the machine room, and she's like, "Oh shit!" And then uh, Colleen whacks her over Maggie over the head with a book, knocks her out. <laughs> um, turns out she's a big old bitch for uh, Cyrus. Like she's just ee- can I suck your deck? Oh my yeah, god, I want to suck me. your deck. I did everything for you. You're just so hot. Yeah, she kind of reveals some of her information. Look how powerful you are. <laughs> um, oh, your nose is so strong. Okay. And that back fur uh, um, keeps me warm at night. Cuts over back to Dennis and Arthur, who have kind of put themselves in a little corner now with the glass in front of them, but they can't quite make it work just right because there's not enough space. Uh, they see the hammer coming at them, and uh, that's when Dennis is like, "Hey, Arthur, you just stay behind here, whatever. Um, he's out there, and the hammer comes up behind him and just fucking smokes him in the arm, breaks his arm. Um, oops, I should be a little closer, my bad. Yeah, um, that's all right. I noticed it a while ago. I was like, fuck it. Fuck it. Um, I think see, it was up the levels a little bit right there. There's a, So, yeah, he's getting attacked by the hammer, and after the first big blow, the juggernaut's door opens. Dun, dun, dun. Shit's going down. Yeah. Poor bastards. Um, so, yeah, Dennis got hit in the hand, broke his arm, and then uh, he's kind of crawling away a little bit. Arthur's still pinned behind the glass, so he's safe right now. And then um, the hammer clubs him, right, like, Dennis, right like right at the base of the neck, like, in the back. Right, like, where it meets the shoulders. Yeah, like, right there. So he's fucked. Like, he is not in, he's not walking again. Right, he just goes down. Yeah, so he's laying there, like, blah, 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 blah. and then the juggernaut gets up to him and just kind of tosses him around a little bit. Like, you'd think the dude's dead, basically, mm-hmm. but he's not. Picks him up, finally, and just Bends him around the corner, like just, Ugh. ouch. Just wraps him around a door frame. Yeah, just hey, you're going this way now. 
And it's, of course, what you saw earlier during his little vision. Yep. You, you saw flashes of this this exact scene happening. Uh, so it was kind of cool though, to watch them do that. Oops. I dug that little thing. Oh, yeah, it was neat. Um, then it cuts not, to Cyrus. Yep, Cyrus and Kalina. Um, he's, you know, he's talking about greatness requires sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. Um, we got to put his kids in danger so he'll he'll do what we need him to do. So take care of that. She's a little taken aback by that. She's not quite ready for that jump yep. of putting children in danger. True. Um, and then Cyrus starts playing those uh, spells over the speaker again, and it starts to draw all the ghosts into the machine mm. where they need to be. Um, let's see. And then it cuts back to Arthur, Arthur, who's kind of laying behind the wall. Dennis is dead. The ghosts are walking by, and all of a sudden he looks up, and there's Gene. Um, and he like he's just having a breakdown now. He's like, I can't do this without you. I'm nothing. Um, I love you. I love you. I love you. And she just kind of keeps going because the spells are calling right. her. He's just groveling that he's seeing his wife, and yeah, you know, she's you know. You can only guess what's going through her mind, I guess, if that's even applicable here. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, she just is forced to follow the summons because that's – I don't know if we ever described that. Did we, what what the inscriptions do? Oh, they summon the, all the ghosts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they summon the ghosts to the uh – to the center of the machine. Well, all of the Latin on the walls and stuff, oh, too. They're, we, they're containment spells. They're containment spells, yeah. Yep. They have to do exactly what the spells say. Yep. Yeah, for some reason, he describes it as the ghost realm has different rules, and the ghosts have to follow whatever these containment spells say. So, yeah, that's the whole story behind that. We probably should have not glossed over that earlier, but yeah. whatever. Uh, so, yeah, Arthur grovels a little bit after seeing his wife, and then we jump back with uh, Cyrus and... He does this little thing where, you know, they're kind of walking away and then he tells Colleen to go back to He's get like, the book. The, yeah, grab the book. And uh, he keeps walking and then she goes to catch up and gets stuck in the same kind of situation that uh, Dennis and Maggie were in a little while ago, except she doesn't get so lucky nope. and, of course, gets sandwiched. Classic Egyptian pyramid. Like, if people are exploring, uh, like, Egyptian, like, pyramids or something like that right, like right. tombs or, or crypts yeah that there's always those walls that like either comes down on top of you like the ceiling and floor collapsing and you can't get out or it's the side walls and you're just going to get squished so and those would be terrible and sh and this i would say is probably one of the quicker not so good effects oh in the movie. yeah no it's pretty bad her she face the way it, yeah squishes yeah it was it wasn't the best cgi not, not the best or effect. it's probably the least satisfying part cgi yeah. wise in this movie um let's see so she's dead toast <laughs> um arthur is now walking uh and he gets into the center of the machine and he sees his kids there on the floor, and he rushes in to kind of try to. Um, they're in, they're sitting in the center of that big like wheel spinning thing with all the uh, the symbols on it, where the ghosts are now lining up. And he sees them there, and he tries to rush in, but the first ring starts spinning, and it's like a like a sphere, like a gyro, like a gyroscope. Yeah. yeah. Um. So each ring is goes inside, making the circle smaller. So he has to save his kids by stopping the machine somehow. Um. Yeah, no, it gets uh pretty intense there. He sees all the ghosts kind of doing the rings around him, and he looks down the hall, and he sees Cyrus standing there with the blood, but he has his glasses on. Right, he's wearing those 
the ghost glasses, yep. not just like nerd glasses. Yeah. Um. So he sees him there with the blood on, and that's why I think Cy- you know Cyrus left the blood on to fool with him in case people saw him in the house if they had the glasses on. Maybe I don't know. Right. I don't know. Um. So he's sitting there, and he when he sees all the ghosts around the ring, he starts counting. He's like twelve. <coughs> well, if I'm supposed to be the thirteenth ghost, then he's kind of realized like, wait. For who's gonna be the most powerful person? Who's gonna you know take care of this? And he like right. must be Cyrus. So he looks, takes his glass off. He's like, "You son of a bitch!" Charges him. Ju- two Jews fighting in a glass house. Right. He gets like a couple of punches in real <laughs> quick, but side knocks him to the ground real quick. Then beats the shit out of him with his cane and um, shit's no good for nope. for Mister Shaloub. Uh, the kids are getting a little in a riskier situation. The the rings keep getting smaller and smaller on them. Um, and then, you know, Arthur is on the ground. Cyrus is standing over him with his knife cane now. Right. And he's doing the classic tell all. Here's my devious plot. You fucker. Listen. Talking about his greatness. Yep. Listen, listen to my, please. My vanity, please. And, and it doesn't work out. Remix. remix. <laughs> yep. All of a sudden you. Because Maggie is downstairs fucking with the spells. Show is. Uh, uh. Pulling all sorts of levers, pushing buttons, twisting knobs, jerking off goblins, crawling through mazes. I mean, it's fucking crazy. She's crazy. doing everything she can do. It's fucking nuts. She finally stops it. So now the spells aren't pumping. The ghosts no longer have to obey. Right. And they were pretty chill. The ghosts were pretty good about this now. They just pick Cyrus up. Lift his ass, and he's real screaming. chill, like like a fucking powwow ghost crew that's right? been hanging out doing group oh, sessions oh, oh, oh. every every fucking Wednesday for seven months straight. All of a sudden, they got this this rapport, and they're like, "Oh yes, our common fuckery lays in this one man. <laughs> <laughs> they unite as one to fuck this demon over." Boom. And sure enough, they they throw him right in the machine. Launched. Now I feel like the kids would have gotten a lot of blood on them. Yeah, well. But you never know, I guess. So Cyrus is now dead. Cyrus is prosciutto. Boom. Let's see. So Arthur's like he's kind of getting up and he sees Dennis's ghost standing there, bloody all up, polishing his glasses, and he's like, you know, you could save him, whatever. You just go to him, go be with your kids. They need you right now. So he tells him. To jump into the machine to save his kids. So mm. he's not a very athletic person. These things no. are spinning. And, and by the way, the uh, she when Maggie was downstairs fucking with stuff, she hit a gear. So things started. Uh, um, the gears on the machine stopped and they started spinning weird. And the machine is destroying itself. It's starting to bind and, and yeah, it's malfunction. Still got all the energy behind it. Yeah. Things aren't looking that good. The rings on top are starting to like spin. And that's how he is. Uh, Arthur's given the chance to kind of jump in. Now, if the machine didn't stop, why would he jump in there? Like, if he just jumps in, that's the worst case scenario. Because what's the best thing that could happen? What's if the machine wasn't gonna stop? Oh, he's with his kids, so now they're all decapitated and turned into tiny little pieces of meat. Like, <laughs> right. if the machine wasn't breaking, he would be fucked. Hey, the house is on fire. I'm gonna go in the house still. Like, come on. What yeah. what good are you yeah. gonna do over there? What if the button was on the wall behind you to shut it off? You didn't look. You just ran. You didn't and even try. You just, you just sacrificed. Jumped. You just jumped right in. That doesn't make sense. That that doesn't work. So he jumps. You can still be a willing human sacrifice after you've exhausted all of your other right. options. Check sir. things out a little bit. Um, 
So he looks around. Uh, so they're there, and they're kind of huddled on the ground. And the machine binds and binds and binds, and finally it just starts to blow up. Like, the gears are thrown everywhere. Glass is shattering. Everything's fucked. The entire house shatters for yeah. the most part. Um, All that shatterproof glass shattered. Let's see. That much power. Kabing, kabang, kaboom, kabam. And then, you know, it shows the uh, the spirits kind of wandering away. All of them are just leaving the house. They're vacating. Um, Arthur and the kids kind of sit up. Back into the wilderness. And then they start to leave the house. And as they're walking out, Miss uh, uh, Maggie. Maggie comes out of the base like shit i ain't get paid too much or i don't get paid enough for this i'm catching the first flight home i'm gone no way so that mean that was pretty much that's it i hate that ending scene i so badly wish they would have just cut her out of the end and then yeah then it cuts to the credits so that's i mean as much as the mushy ending isn't great either i'd rather that than the awful ending with maggie i just she's such an irritating character to me ah god damn it that's always driven me nuts watching that movie driven driven you know i uh, i speak good english so sometimes that's my life um general i mean so yeah i mean i thought it was a is a decent movie um the setting i'm for grading i guess i'm gonna say i think the setting was good um, I think it was pretty fucking cool. That I like because it, it was just—it was just—it um, was nice and simple, but complicated at the same. There was enough there. Um, however, the—I uh, guess that's—that'd be the cinematography. So I mean, yeah, the setting was fine with me. It, it was real enough for everything. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Um, casting, we already said we it could have been done a, quite a bit better. I think, mm. um, just th- especially the family lineup and stuff like that, and not having some characters. Uh, cinematography, you know, that went over really well. I think they did a really good job using what they did. Um, not a lot of CGI, which I appreciate, uh, the soundtrack for the most part and the music for the movie I thought was really good, especially in the beginning. It's really good music. I think, um, I think the cameras were good job. Um, they did not have a whole lot of the spookiness to it, you know, but it was, it was a good movie. Um, I won't deny that it, the plot, Fair. It was very a good. It was a good plot. It, but it had a lot of holes. It did have that's a lot the, of holes. That's the biggest issue with the plot is it just had a lot of holes in it. It did. There's so many ways things could have changed, and all yeah. So the, this is a movie with I feel like with the detail that was required to make it not so full of holes, it would have been at least a two hour movie. Yeah. It's so rare that you see a horror film that goes over two hours. Oh, it's almost unheard of. It's very rare. Um, They're typically considered fast paced movies. That 90 minutes is, is a perfect. And that's exactly what this movie is. Yeah. Even though we're two hours deep. Um, Originality. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything like it, so right. I, I'm going to, it's getting full points for that. Definitely. Um, it was good. I mean, they, they, I mean, they took the dark Zodiac and they reinvented it for their movie purposes, but they, they put a thought into their character, into their ghosts, which, which is I cool. liked. Really um, cool. And I mean, it did have those whoopsie or those, uh, spiffs that we called out. It's got so. a couple of spiffs. So yeah, uh, all in all, I'm going to give this amazingly, movie... at least that I have noticed no reflection spiffs. Yeah. Despite it being glass. shot in a well, ninety percent of the movie in a glass house. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I never noticed any. Granted, I'm not the best at noticing that sort of stuff all the time. 
I was pretty surprised that, you know, I didn't notice that coffee stain as obvious as that was. Yeah, Nicole had right. to point that out to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I, mean, I never saw any of those, so that's pretty impressive. All in all, when I was a kid, I would have given this movie a, a 10 out of 10. But now I'm going to go probably a 4. Um, I'm saying as far as rating, personally, it's an 8 is with me. But as far as the movie goes, I'm going to give it a five because the originality, there's just there it yeah. doesn't run a vein that everybody else runs. I, I really appreciate the practicality that they use as much as possible. I like that all the ghosts were real. None of them were CG characters. I mean, at most, um, like with the torso, that was the one that had the most CG on yeah. it just Which because they had to make to it look like a torso was <laughs> able to move without a head and arms yeah. and legs. So. No, I, was, I mean, a plus as far as that shit goes. So I'll give it a five. I, I really like the movie for a lot of it. Its flaws are all minor. Yeah. I guess is my main point in that. It's just it would have made a big difference if they would have fixed some of those flaws. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, and it's still a good movie. Honestly, these movies that we're reviewing, we're never going to tell you to not watch because all the ones that we've done so far, we like and we've watched them before. We are trying to get a mix of movies we haven't seen yet and watch them for the first time and get our initial response, especially with horror movies. That's a big thing. That's something we're going to be doing more soon. Something we haven't done so much in the past, but something that we plan to be doing in the future. That's going to be a big thing with getting a a shutter shutter subscription. Why was that so hard for me to say? I don't know, man. Um, I think that's going to be really cool to have. It's going to be a lot of stuff that we've never seen before that we can mix into like fan favorites and that kind of shit. Yeah. No, it'll, uh, It'll be cool to watch some new movies and kind of figure stuff out. But, yeah. Bro, yes. So, that's 13 Ghosts, folks. Show is. Boom. Sorry about the fucking voice, everybody. It's I'm sure it got a little irritating at points. I'm not even going to listen to this They have to listen to, to my voice every time they listen to this. That's that's torture enough. Oh, the hamster. Well, that was the hamster getting <laughs> fucked by Richard Greer. Greer cheese? Mmm. Very smelly. Word. Very delicious. 13 I'm Ghosts. I'm Petey. Bitches. We're out of here. SRDs. Put it in your C's. Don't worry, B. All right. That'll sew it up for this week. Uh, that was 13 Ghosts. Um, not as good a movie as I remember from my childhood, but I still fucking love it. You, you just don't give up on stuff that's that nostalgic to you, right? You, you still You still got somewhere in your heart that you still love that shit. So even though it may not have been the best movie of all time, it still wasn't the worst either. I've seen a lot shittier movies. I mean, the effects were solid. They did a lot of practical effects most of the time, really. So that's always a win with me. I, I'm not a big fan of CGI, especially in horror. I understand with, like, the Avengers and shit, you, the entire world's CGI, and you kind of have to do it that way, but... For this, you don't, and I'm glad that they didn't. They they did a cool thing with uh, weaving those glasses back in, and fuck, I didn't even know it was a remake. Uh, it, it was just This was fun. This was a really good one. I had a fucking great time with this, and I know Josh was pretty excited for this one, too, because both of us were fans of this movie from when we were kids. Um, but let's go ahead and wrap this biatch up, huh? Uh, as usual, you can find us and follow us on Twitter at gents underscore I-N-Q. Uh, we are available to you as well on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jens Inc. There's no underscore in the Facebook one. Excuse me, I think I'm getting a little sick here. Um, we've also got an email address. You can hit us there at gentlemansinquiry at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, tell some friends, 
five-star ratings with a text review. That's what we want to see. Uh, we've got two of them now, and for being a year in, I was maybe thinking we'd have more than two reviews. Um, you know, Nuxhan, you, you rule. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure who the other guy was, but thanks. Uh, tell, tell somebody else to do it. We like those reviews. The reviews are what really uh, make me smile or get my dick hard, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's a direct feedback to how well we're doing. And frankly, if you don't want to do the review, that's whatever. We're not trying to get number one rankings on fucking iTunes. We're just trying to do this and have people enjoy it along with us. So if you do have suggestions and you don't want to leave it in a review as much as I would like it, uh, just hit us up at our email. That's probably the I mean, best way to get whatever point you have across since you only have like 140 characters on Twitter. And we don't really check the Facebook that often. I mean, it's, it's there. I check my Facebook and it's connected, but man, it's just... Just stick with the email if you can, or or pop a review. I, I, again, I've just I always reduce myself to babbling during these things if I'm not being super succinct. Um, <clears throat> iTunes, subscribe, five star rating. You can find us on Stitcher and gentlemansinquiry.podbean.com is our home page. Uh, you'll notice that's going to take a little bit of a left turn pretty soon. Um, that page is going to get updated a bunch. I'm going to start to add you know bios and that kind of stuff. So. <clears throat> Yeah, that's this week. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of 8mm Dissection featuring 13 Ghosts, the 2000 and I believe 2 remake. I never did check on that. Um, and I will, correction, we, myself, and the hamster, will see you next time. Maybe. Actually, we might even have a guest. Excuse what I just said. Uh, that might have been a lie. I think we might have a guest on this next one, and I'm pretty excited about it. I gotta be honest with you. Um, but there'll be a little more details when that comes along for now. Have a good goddamn time, folks. It's Easter day. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing all of this the same day I'm putting it out. I'm that fucking much of a procrastinator. Is what it is. Happy Easter, motherfuckers. I love you. Here's a big kiss. See you later.